0: flyover politic podcast the show for normal americans
1: from his undisclosed bunker here's your host tony reed
2: to say that you've never had an extramarital affair that allegation is false
3: she was terrified you know an average person (laughs) mary and joseph
4: Welcome back to Flower Politic Podcast. It's the 24th of November, year of our Lord 2017. Your host has put on about 80 pounds of turkey and pumpkin pie. It's a Friday podcast. How did it lead with that? That's all over the internet again because uh, James Woods said it. This is so perfect. In the, in the midst of a yet another Clinton lie, the set falls on them. And that will be a theme as we go through this podcast. Because the Clinton thing has come up again with multiple additional accusations towards Bill Clinton. And we have articles that now the left's finally realizing you can't be the party that tells Roy Moore he's a bad guy. Yeah, Roy Moore, not Hal Moore like the last podcast. I couldn't stop saying Hal Moore because he's from, uh, We Were Soldiers. Uh, very, very, um, <clears throat> popular. Colonel from Vietnam who wrote the book and Mel Gibson started it and I kept saying Hal Moore and I don't know why I was doing it, but anyway, Roy Moore. And they're realizing they can't just keep saying Roy Moore when as we'll see, the majority of these sexual harassment people or assault or rape, they're on the left, folks. But you're gonna see spinning by the media. You're gonna see spinning by politicians. It's what they do. But since it is the day after Thanksgiving, I, in the last podcast, tried to find stuff. I found some old stuff, but here we go with the people that just can't let any day of the year not be about politics. Benjamin Witz, a frank confession. I'm not thankful this year, and I'm not going to pretend to be. I'm defiant. The Pilgrims have come all the way to find on our shores, American current domestic politics, they would have vomited all the food at the first Thanksgiving dinner. Adam H. Johnson, Jesus, what a train wreck. I, too, find strength in the white settlers, religious fanatics, from 400 years ago, hypothetically think of Trump. I am normal. I i, I just, they all had to figure out how they could do it. Jeremy Sheahill, in your alternative history, would they still have indi- initiated a genocide against indigenous people and stolen their land even in the people trying to say the guy's a dumbass they're being a dumbass then george Takaki, and this is the left in a nutshell you can be accused of rape and still be on the team and still do the politics when most people go away so nobody can see him because they're in Paris, not George Tataki. Two turkeys have arrived in DC, awaiting pardon on Thursday. But apparently, it's become awkward because Donald's been asking aides first whether they're mostly white or dark meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The racist angle. George is just mad we eat turkey on Thanksgiving instead of cock. That's what somebody said. I thought that was that's pretty funny. Then this one came out, the nation attacks Redskins for the audacity to host Thanksgiving game, insulting natives. I'm not reading the article, but I had to just, we couldn't let that go, because I thought that had already left under Obama, but yeah, it's back. Yeah, it's back. And here's something, why the people hate the media. For those who think that I'm very critical of the media, and who the hell are you, because you're by yeah, I'm not a Journalist. I don't have a journalist union card. I am not supposed to be unopinionated. This is a Bush League done from my mom's basement. I don't like Cheetos podcast. Where I am conservative. These people are supposed to be unbiased. Giving you the unvarnished truth. But these people lost their damn minds because Sanders asked... Before you ask your question, what are you thankful for? These are all reporters. Dominico Meditonora. I'm going to go on the record and say I don't think reporters should have to follow a White House spokesman's direction in order to ask a question. White House press secretary saying she wants reporters to say what they're thankful for before asking questions. not our job and harmful to democracy. Press secretaries could spend time answering the questions or taking more of them. Another one. One of you... Briefing room people say you are thankful for Pizzagate. God damn it, everyone troll. If she's going to subject you to this indignity, be an asshole on TV. Another one, I want to die. Another one, a freelance journalist, Kate Brevin, uh, fuck off, and I hope the reporter said they were thankful for free press. The rule made by Sarah Sanders, the reporter's should say what they're thankful for was cute, but unprofessional, said Chris Johnson. Uh, another one, I'm thankful that by 2020, you, Trump and his entire regime were replaced with part of the ash heap of history. Sarah, anyway, you were saying that's a reporter. That's <laughs> a reporter. But we don't have a biased media. Here's another one. Show up for justice, for racial justice, excuse me, just not justice, racial justice. They sent this out. Getting nervous about Thanksgiving? Don't know how to talk to Trump with your family? We have you covered. Tech SOS 82623. The SURJ holiday hotline will support you in having tough conversations to break white silence about racism and the danger of the Trump presidency. Yeah, that's that's a thing. That's a real thing. But we have politicians doing it. You'll see it in a bit. Tim, Y, Seriously, when you find yourself stuck and unsure of how to engage folk at the holidays, text to the folks at SURJ and they'll help walk you through a constructive and meaningful process for engaging the people you love, but who sometimes drive you to distraction. Others, how about not inviting Trumpsters? Problem solved. Harvard, higher institution... Of learning. They had a Christmas placemat. Yale student activism, Islamophobia, black murders in the street, housemaster titles. Tips for talking to family listen, breathe, affirm, speak. Then there's the Big Bang Theory because they can't handle this. Baylock, Miami type. Truth is, European invaders came to this land, took it from the indigenous people, rape pillage gave them all sorts of diseases, called it their own, and desecrated a culture. That was just the beginning. Found this one from Devon in Texas. What in the ever-loving fuck is wrong with you people? An actual article. Thanksgiving took me and my marriage to the brink. Here's how we came back from it. Whole article about politics, how evil America is, Washington Post. I'm just going to rattle these off because I, I told you I'd find them. Perspective. What I learned when I tried to make my blended family a gluten-free, kosher, no soy, vegan, organic, low acid, no dairy Thanksgiving. That's an actual article. Mm-hmm. Chuck Schumer, he put out a stat sheet. JCT revised Senate finance tax bill, raises taxes on low and modern income people, give tax cuts to the top. Take this to your Thanksgiving dinner. I love the responses. We have a table for people who bring charts. It's the backyard, several acres away from the rest of us. From Momo, one of my favorite female conservative Twitter users. Bring this chart to Thanksgiving dinner and pretend as if you're not the jerk injecting politics into a family family gathering. Neil, the first motherfucker that shows up with charts on Thanksgiving is getting chest kicked out the door. Another one, I pity Uncle Mort who has to host this putz and Cousin Amy this year. So it was there. They just had to come out There's others, but I I could not not show you that there is only one political party that believes that every minute of every day is some agenda, and for all those trying to ruin Thanksgiving, you're an asshole. Fuck you, asshole. You asshole. This is why we can't have nice
5: things.
6: You
7: asshole! Are you just an asshole? Is that it? Fuck you, you asshole!
4: You ever hear the saying, you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole? You run into assholes all day, you're the asshole.
6: Fuck you, asshole.
7: You! You are such an asshole! You are an asshole. You dumb asshole! Asshole.
2: Fucking asshole! Away from
7: me, you asshole. He's an
2: asshole!
5: Well, Democratic Senator Al Franken's office says he will not resign over allegations of sexual misconduct. A Franken spokesman told the Minneapolis Star Tribune he is spending time with his family and he is doing a lot of reflecting. Franken has apologized to talk radio news anchor Leanne Tweeden, who says he kissed and groped her during a 2006 USO tour. PBS is editing the former Saturday Night Live performer out of a special honoring David Letterman that airs tonight. It says including Franken would be a distraction.
8: So let's get live to Cecilia Vega at the White House tonight. And Cecilia, President Trump had tweeted about Senator Al Franken, and tonight another woman is now accusing Senator Franken of inappropriate behavior.
9: David, 33-year-old Lindsay Mentz, that is her name. Take a look at this photo. She tells CNN that Franken grabbed her backside while they were posing for this picture Picture back in 2010. He was a sitting senator at the time. In a statement tonight, Franken says, quote, I take thousands of photos at the state fair surrounded by hundreds of people, and I certainly don't remember taking this picture. I feel badly that Miss Mentz came away from our interaction feeling disrespected. Tonight, David, a spokesperson for Al Franken says he does not. Not plan to resign in the wake of this second accusation.
4: Cecilia
8: Vega leading us off tonight. Cecilia, thank you.
4: A second woman has now come forward to accuse Senator Al Franken of inappropriate touching. She says the Democrat grabbed her behind while they took a photo together at the Minnesota State Fair, this time while he was a sitting senator in 2010. Franken has not responded to the latest allegation. A number of his Senate colleagues have called for an ethics investigation, which Franken has vowed to cooperate with.
9: Senator Franken, are are these the sort of allegations that will end up forcing him to resign?
10: You know I think we still need to see where this goes. Um, it seems that some of this behavior was uh, it occurred before he was in office, and even while he was in the middle of um, a satire piece, certainly not the one that you just described. Um, but we have to see where it goes but I think again it shows what a pervasive problem this is not only on Capitol Hill but for America sexual harassment is something that we are grappling with we're at a tipping point in America and I think we have to ask the question of you know looking at our our brothers our sons our husbands in a different way and coming to terms with the fact that they may have engaged in behavior that at the time they thought was innocent but in reflection they realize because of their power and their status
9: um, it wasn't appropriate so where should we draw the line rebecca for for who should be uh, publicly shamed who should lose their job who should lose their their livelihood and who just um, uh, needs I, I mean i don't know needs a talking to or needs to apologize So let's talk about um... Uh, senator franken a, a number of the women that used to work in his office have released a statement defending defending him and it reads in part many of us spent years working for senator franken in minnesota and washington and time working for the senator he treated us with the utmost respect he valued our work and our opinions and was a champion for women both in the legislation he supported and in promoting women to leadership roles in our office Um, how much weight does a statement like that have I think
10: it's compelling but at the same time it doesn't give uh, Senator Franken, a pass on what he did in these instances. Um, good people can do bad things. Um, I think we need to create the space for men and women um, to not feel so threatened uh, that you know they're gonna lose everything they've worked for that, that one
0: instance negates years of good. Um, yeah. And again, that, Also this morning there's a new report that Senator Al Franken grabbed a, women, a woman's behind at a fair back in 2010. He says he doesn't remember doing it and he apologized to the woman if she felt disrespected. NBC News has not confirmed where this uh, has not confirmed this yet. Rick, I turn to you. This story uh, could be true. Al Franken is saying he doesn't remember it. How slippery a slope, and again, I am not excusing that behavior. Of course not. How slippery a slope is it? I mean, again, I'm just speaking as somebody who spent 15 years of her life working on Wall Street. But if we're going to start to go after everyone in every power industry for something like a butt slap, I'm worried that there's going to be no one left running. A second Al Franken accuser came forward. She says that he inappropriately touched her while posing for this photo at the Minnesota State Fair in 2010 while he was senator. Now, is this going to continue to create a fervor? Do you think there are more folks out there? What Should he resign? What should he do? I,
11: I thought it was an odd thing. Uh, um, if that, I'm, I have no reason not to believe the girl. Mm-hmm. You know, but when I in 2010, I had another show on the CNN's channel, HLM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I asked Frank, because I Frank, Franken said, come on. I know him very well. And uh, he said, I can't come on your show yet because I have to make sure that I'm not funny. You know, I'm a senator now. I've got to be serious. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can't believe that he was so. um what's the word, careless,
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
11: as to do something like that when he was the um, senator already,
12: having been so cautious about being funny. Right. It just... I think a lot of people... We're going to have to learn how to discern and, you know, and, and judge these things individually, even though it means this is a difficult case for Democrats to make, right? Because although I don't think there is any moral equivalency between Al Franken and Roy Moore... Republicans will certainly milk the the Al Franken thing for all it's worth, and use that as an excuse to let more um, into the Senate and to excuse the fact that their alleged sexual predator of a president is now out there, basically endorsing him. I think part of the problem here is that because there is so much bad faith um, on the right and such sort of bottomless depravity among Trump and his circle that it makes it difficult to reckon with these things properly among Democrats, which is where most of this is going on, right? Most of these Mm -hmm. kind of purges are happening in left-leaning industries, in part because that's where people in power are responsive to this torrent of revelations. You know, Republicans just hear about it and shrug their shoulders and do nothing. So you don't have the same sort of energy of people being exposed and held to account One result of that is that you have this hugely disproportionate standard where Democrats and Democratic institutions are sort of turning themselves inside out while Republicans are skating blithely forward. It's very complicated. It's it's complicated because, on the one hand, we also don't want to all lower our standards and say that the standard is as long as you're not a child molester, then, then we're okay.
2: Ginger, can you imagine if Barack Obama had been taped saying what he's, what Trump said on the Axis Hollywood tape about women's private parts and how he could grab them at will because he's a celebrity? I think he would have been cashiered
4: in about... A- that, of course, is the media spinning for Franken, uh, even though two more have gone. So now we have four who have said they've grabbed his ass, stuck his tongue down or, or grabbed their ass, stuck his tongue down their neck, but, you know... The left is going to spin this, and they're going to spin it hard. Uh, MJ Lee did report. A woman says Senator Franken inappropriately touched her in 2010, telling CNN that he grabbed her buttocks while taking a photo. This is the first allegation of improper touching by Franken while he was in the Senate. Jonathan Chait. I think Franken probably could have survived a single episode that predated his political career. This looks like a death blow. Not only she did... Did she tell family members at the time? She said something about it on Facebook. So this is not one of those ones you can take down. Chris Saliza, of all people, remember that this first apology to Leanne Tweeden wasn't an apology at all. So you're starting to get some distance from some on CNN. Ed Morrissey, something to keep in mind. Franken is one of the most expendable Dems. Lawrence Tribe. This Michelle Goldberg piece refutes itself. Al Franken did something terribly wrong but is committed to to make amends and she'd be forced out of the Senate just to teach a zero-tolerance lesson. Sacrificing people to a cause teaches its own terrible lesson. And that's when the tide started coming back. Jay Caruso Translation, Al Franken is a Democrat and therefore he's forgiven. Bette Midler decided we're going to slut shame and she tweeted the picture of Leanne Tweeden undoing her bra on the front of FHM magazine. This is Al Franken's accuser. Better not let Trump see this. He'll want to meet her badly. People on her side, whoa, I've never not respected you until now. So, Miss Midler thinks some women are asking for it. Sad. Another one. Come on, Bet. This is a page out of Hannity's playbook. People of your caliber don't victim shame. It's no different. Not about a donkey and an elephant. Blue and red. It's about right and wrong. And about 10,000. Shame on you, Bet Midler. But our resident, I am not a biased person, Matt Dowd. This is what he wrote. Every leader and each of us is human and flawed and makes mistake. But there is a difference between those who are flawed, who work for the common good, and those who are flawed, who could care less about the common good. Huge difference. Remember, he's on ABC every minute of the day as a non-partisan political pundit. What that reads is what you read. If you're a Democrat, you can do what the fuck you want. If you're a Republican, you're bad. Vulcan, Ryder, Mom. And the difference between those who acknowledge mistakes and evolve Franken versus doubling down on denial and attacking victims. More. Matt Dowd agreed. And I have said that. But people with real integrity... I'm afraid this appears to be scrambling for a way to divide the perpetrators into camps so we can excuse the ones we like. No one should be able to use the common good as a defense against and harm the intentional causes to individuals. Matt Dowd. Of course I didn't do that and have scrutinized all perpetrators. But not all are the same. John Groves. Chief political analyst, ABC News, describes why liberals are allowed to sexually harass whoever they want and conservatives... Aren't. Meech distilled it even further if you oppose Trump or any far-right politician you can sexually harass women all you want pathetic Stephen Miller as long as you agree with Matthew Dab's definition of common good by all means guys grope away then the New York Times did an op-ed, Goldberg started off her latest piece by diminishing Tweeden's claim and expressing regret that she had written her initial article in the first place. Last Thursday, after a photograph emerged of Senator Al Franken either groping or pretending to grope a sleeping woman with whom he'd been traveling, I wrote that he should resign. Almost as soon as it was published, I started having second thoughts. I spent all weekend feeling guilty that I'd call for a sacrifice of an otherwise decent man... To make a political point, then I saw the news that a woman named Lindsay Menz accused Franken of grabbing her butt while they posed for a photo. I feel badly that Ms. Menz came away from our interaction feeling disrespected. Yes, I am not sure I made the right call. My thinking last week when the first accusation emerged was, Costerize the wound. It doesn't matter that Frank's transgression wasn't on the same level abuses that the Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore or Donald Trump have been accused of. That photo, the unconscious woman, the leering grin, is a weight Democrats shouldn't have to carry. Given that they, they they've lately been insisting that it's disqualifying for a candidate to grab a woman sexually against her will, seems cruel to expect Democratic women to make judicial arguments that the shadows under Franken's hands meant he wasn't really touching. Especially since the Democratic governor in Minnesota, the party would maintain control of Frankenstein. Based on the above, it seems quite evident that Goldberg's main concern has not been applying moral principle in any sort of even-handed manner, but rather politically posturing to make sure the Democrats won't lose the seat. After four people come forward, SNL sends out an article. It is 25 women support him. He's a great guy. Geraldine, some of the women on this list are my childhood heroes. This statement feels like a betrayal. Another one, just as a reminder that women even trailblazing accomplished ones can help perpetrate perpetrate the patriarchy. Daniel Campoor, but he was nice to me, means nothing. It's just another form of victim blaming, subtly perpetrating the notion that the women who was abused were fundamentally flawed. Since he was nice to everyone else, there must have been something wrong with the victim. This one was my favorite tweet. NBC, home of Mark Halpern, was able to find 25 women Franklin did not bully or molest. Well done. Mm hmm. Then they supported him. Then on late night, Pocahontas came out and wouldn't even answer the question.
11: Now, uh, Senator Warren, yes. let me ask you this. There is a, a series of sexual scandals uh, that have created a new national conversation about uh, abuse of power. Yep. Um, uh Al Franken, a comedian I've long admired and a politician I've recently admired, um, has been caught up in two accusations, one of which he's acknowledged and apologized for. People are calling for uh, Al Franken to step down. Do you think he should?
1: So, look... I was just enormously disappointed about this. Uh, I knew Senator Franken long before he was Senator Franken and his wife, Franny. Um, These allegations are serious, and women have a right to be heard and, and listened to on this. Al is going to be subjected to a hearing in the United States Senate, an investigation. We have had for a long time now in the Senate, long before I got there, a bipartisan ethics committee that meets on a regular basis and he's going to go in and answer. But here's where I see this whole thing going right now. We're going to watch this play out with famous men. It's happened in lots of places, lots of them are talked about. And this is a moment in America as I see it. And the question is whether this is a moment that's a big flash and then nothing really changes. Nobody feels like they have to answer. Or is this a moment when there's real change? And I'll tell you how I think we're going to know whether or not it's a moment when there's real change. It's going to be when there's accountability for famous people. But it's more going to be when the shift manager decides that maybe giving the good shifts only to women who will play sex games back in the dressing room is not a good idea. And when the jerk over in accounting decides that pressing up against Women who are caught at the photocopying machine might not be smart. And when the boss decides that telling those dirty jokes and talking about who's got great boobs and a killer ass is better rethink his management strategy. When that sort of thing happens for women all across this country, then we'll know there's been real change. That would be nice. That would be nice. That would
11: be nice. So with. If- uh, we've got to go in here a second. Uh, very quickly, I know it's a big question. If Roy Moore wins, should the Senate expel him?
1: We're not there yet. Uh, Where are we? We're, we're still pre-election. And uh, I think we have a really good candidate on the Democratic side. And the people of Alabama need to get out there. And um, I hope they support that Democratic candidate.
11: Well, Senator, thank you so much it's for being here. To see
1: you. Ladies and gentlemen, Senator Elizabeth Warren. We'll be right back.
4: No, no, he didn't push, because he's, he's 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 a fucking shill, man. He didn't answer it. The Franken... You know, I, I'm not surprised. Okay, first and foremost, your humble host is not surprised this is the way they act. This is the way they always act. And as we get into hypocrisy, because I saved it for there, there's even more disgusting media examples of how they are allowing certain people to get done... And then graphic proof that this is not the right. Roy Moore is being clung to by the media and by the left, because that's one dude. They need that one dude because everybody else is a dim. a dim donor, a dim polit- political activist, a reporter, who is a dim and a politician. They're not even covering some of them. The media is ignoring it because it's just an avalanche. Of liberals, who are supposed to be the champion for men, abusing women. I just said that all wrong. Liberals, the champion for women, abusing women. Boom, we got that right. Second take. So yeah, more on this in a bit, but i got to get to my favorite one. Glenn Thrush, an MSNBC spokesman, tells The Hill the network will await the outcome of the New York Times of allegations of sexual harassment... Against White House correspondent Glenn Thrush before making any decision on the journalist. They're so butthurt over this one. They don't want to let this go. 14 year old passing 20 is his hand, handle. Today in Profile of Courage, MSDNC punts on whether to suspend Glenn Thrush. And understand, this is what he was doing. Hi, Glenn. This is a friend of blank. Are you with her right now? She's not answering her text that mentions you were with her. Can you please let me know if she's alright? Just seeing she was fine in a cab last time I saw her. She wasn't fine when she called me later. This is Bianca, by the way. You can keep my number. What happened? What happened? Is she okay? I emailed her this morning, seems okay. She was shaken up when she called me from the cab and felt an urgency to leave from where you you where she and had walked with you. But she knows how to handle herself. I was just trying to get her home to be honest. we were both pretty loaded, and I wanted to walk to sober up. Things are pretty vague, but I certainly wouldn't have been intended to put anyone in that sort of position. but it was extremely poor judgment on my part to be in a situation where we were alone and I really had it all ill- i had no <laughs> ill intentions, and I'm concerned about her well being i wouldn't In a million years, want anything that could be harmful. It's not who I am. I'm really sorry if I gave you a scare. Well, I don't know who you are, but unfortunately I wasn't there, and this is none of my business, except I wanted to make sure you don't lure young aspiring women journalists into those situations ever again. So help me out here. How can I do that? I don't lure anybody ever. I got drunk because I got some shitty health news and I'm acutely aware of hurdles that young women face in this business, and I've spent the better part of 20 years advocating for women journalists. What I need to do is be more understanding to the power dynamics and casual situations, because I'm not 25 and just starting out anymore. But your larger point is well taken. So sorry to hear about your health news, blah, 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 Politico, and I'm soon leaving. I'm sure you'll understand why I'm sensitive to that ever-present dynamic And why I feel strongly about protecting blank. It never goes. Trying to read this all screwed up. Away. Thanks for taking the time to respond. It was a terrible night. I feel like a jerk. I'll make it up to her. I feel really strongly about not creating a toxic environment. She's lucky to have you as a friend. The lady replies, I know. So he took young journalist... Did what they did in Hollywood. You can get a big role here at Politico and New York Times as long as you suck my dick or watch me masturbate off on a fern like Weissman. Phil Kirpin nailed it, though. He just tweeted this. No worries, because i become a hack. I will send you the whole act section that pertains to you. Please don't share it. Tell me when I did this. Tell me if I fucked up anything. That was him emailing Podesta. But my favorite of his, anybody got a binder full of women? This is 1913. This is him defending Obama, dogging Romney. And that is the key thing to all these cases. These are the people every day that tell every conservative they're sexist. These are the people that, that, Thrush himself wrote articles about how Pence is a sexist piece of shit because he doesn't go into a room by himself with a woman and he doesn't break bread with other women. It's called deflection. They go crazy on this shit because it protects them. So what did other journalists do? And MSDNC Joy Reed lashed out at sexual raptor Clarence Thomas. She did segments all week. She didn't talk about Franken, didn't talk about the myriad of other Democrats. She talked about Clarence Thomas. Somebody else said, let's take a look at another line of the Senate. There's a story about Dem Senator Ted Kennedy and Chris Dodd that's been circulating for a long time, but they never stopped Democrats from looking up Kennedy, up to Kennedy, Kennedy grabs a five foot three hundred three pound waitress and throws her on the table. She lands on her back, scattering crystal plates and cutlery and lit candles. Several glasses and crystal candlesticks are broken. Kennedy then picks her up from the table and throws her on Dodd, who is sprawling the chair with cavigallo on dodd 's lap. Kennedy jumps on top and begins rubbing his gentle area against hers, supporting his weight on the arms of the chair as he 's doing this. Low enters the room. She and Gavialo both scream, drawing one or two dishes. Startled, Kennedy leaps up. He laughs. Bruised, shaken, and angry over what she considered a sexual assault, Galviago runs from the room. Kennedy, Don, and their dates leave shortly thereafter, following a friendly argument between the senators over the check. Guy Benson. The details in this piece are surreal. Hadn't read in a few years. Ted Kennedy's legacy was celebrated in their 2012 DNC, which also relentlessly attacked GOP's supposed war on women. Katie. Pavlish remembered him. The DNC played a seven-minute-long tribute video for him in which they sprawled women's rights champion across the screen. The Dems love Ted Kennedy, and some of the media don't want to be reminded otherwise, as Pavlich pointed out. I brought up the fact that Ted Kennedy left a woman to drown in his car during a CNN panel, and DNC and Pierce Morgan told me it was a blow-the-belt. Hillary Rosen freaked out. Further, I got a call from a producer who said I could have said it differently. Nope. Liberals hate being reminded of Chappaquiddick because it reminds them, I'm sorry, I had a page freeze, reminds them that they've been silent about it all these years, and everyone knows they wouldn't have been if a Republican senator left a woman to drown in a car. Here's that segment for shits and giggles.
13: back to the cnn grill here in charlotte in north carolina it is still boiling hot outside and in and so is all the political gossip and entry here's my all-star political panel rick grinnell who is mitt romney's foreign policy spokesman katie Pavlich, she's the news editor of townhall.com and author of fast and furious Barack obama's bloodiest scandal and the shameless cover-up hillary rosen cnn contributor and van jones the president of the rebuild the dream movement and author of rebuild the dream welcome to you all Thanks. I'm guessing a game of two halves here, right? You're both a bit cheesed <laughs> off because it went quite well. You two thinking, yeah. <laughs> I'm in love
6: again. The boys and girls yeah. did well tonight. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in love again. Well, let, me, let me start yeah. with you
13: because I watched an interview this morning on TV and you yeah. actually got quite emotional That's about true. the prospect of a Michelle Obama speech yeah. and what it meant. Yeah. Having watched it now, what did you think?
6: Uh, it, it was even more powerful than I thought. I was there in the hall. It was like a revival. I remember when I was a kid, we you know we would go to church in the summertime and people had been kinda of lack you know lackadaisical about our faith, and then you would have somebody to come out and just restore the faith. And that's what she she was a mom in chief, she was a revivalist in chief. But I think for African Americans to see her, you know, she's been vilified, people have said written awful books about her, said terrible things about her, for her to come out there with the dignity and the grace and really set a new bar for oratory uh in the convention, not just for women or first ladies, period. It was powerful. Well then, Henry, I
13: I thought the irony is that the two best speeches so far, arguably, were Ann Romney and now Michelle Obama.
11: I I think that's right, although I I think Julian Castro did a great job, too. But, you know, Michelle Obama didn't just talk about the heart, which I think we saw from Ann Romney. She actually talked about policy and what Barack Obama has done for the country and why it's good for families, why it's good for for America. That was an unusual thing for a First Lady to come out and and do sort of a litany of how policy is connected to people's lives. I thought that was
13: really impressive. Now, Rick, if you you were still there with old Governor Romney, you'd be thinking, damn it. Day one, we got a hurricane, and they get a different kind of hurricane. They get a verbal hurricane of the best possible kind from a series of great speakers building up to Michelle Obama. Not a good day
5: for Republicans, you could say. Uh, I, I actually think Michelle did a great job. I've been to a lot of revivals. I think the difference is, is that we've heard a lot of this before, and the Democrats have to be very careful that they, they cannot replicate 2008. I'm here in Charlotte. I don't feel that energy that we did in 2008. I think they've got to be very careful. The other thing I would say is they have a big problem on their hands right now with Israel. The platform does not say that Jerusalem is the capital of, of Israel. Some of the that was in, the in 2008. Very, I
13: mean, we'll come to that moment, but that was an odd thing to me. They left out the word God. Which to me just seemed needlessly clumsy. Well, as a foreign as a policy guy. and Israel stuff, I thought was just really odd to to change the wording and to make those kind of admissions. In a platform yeah, just to create some kind of furore. I didn't get it.
5: Where it was in two thousand and eight, it's not here now, and the spin is that APEC signed off on it, which now we're finding out APEC did not sign off on it. So I think the Democrats tomorrow are gonna to have to answer what happened to their platform on Israel.
14: Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think too, I mean, going back to Michelle Obama's speech, I think she did a great job. Um, however, she did talk about President Obama's record in a very vague sense, and she did discuss how she how President Obama needs more time, but she didn't talk about why she didn't talk about the fact that we reached 16 trillion dollars in debt today she didn't talk about the fact that women's unemployment rate has jumped a percentage point under president obama she didn't talk about the poverty rate going up under president obama she did talk about her personal experiences but she really didn't get into what her her husband's record is yeah, in on. his she's first his term. Wife.
13: She's not going to stand on a platform in front of billions of people and start banging on about all the negatives, right?
14: Right, but if she's going to talk about why he needs more time, well, why does he need more time? That's a question they're going to have to answer. But
13: did you feel uncomfortable as a woman watching Mitt Romney, age 47, in that Teddy Kennedy video, espousing the great joys of pro-choice for women? With oh, you know, you
14: know what I felt uncomfortable with? That at a, a convention that stands for women and is fighting the so-called war on women... They would pick Ted Kennedy, who left a woman in his car to drown, oh, to be the person Come in on. that video. That's
13: right. how uncomfortable yeah, yeah, I okay. was. Well, that's a bit below the belt, I think, yeah. Harry? Yeah.
11: Well, you know, one of the things that we saw with the Democrats this week, and and it goes to the platform. It's this is not sort of a um, you know point by point soft to the right wing the way the Republican platform has been. The the Democratic platform is broadly supporting the middle class. You know, we don't have a platform that we're running away from like Mitt Romney did. And I think what we saw tonight was, you know, the very clear choice that voters are going to face, right? It's Julian Castro said, you know, it's not about government, but government can help. Mm. It's student loans, it's public education, those sorts of things you cannot ignore in an, in a new economy, right. H- and H- that's H- something that we haven't seen for.
13: Julian Castro, and I interviewed him and his brother here. Very, very impressive, very impressive. Uh, amazing story, yeah. and you know, th- the idea of these two young lads have come effectively from an orphaned young woman, their grandmother, who came to San Antonio from Mexico with nothing, and then had to get away from school, halfway through her schooling, to, to try and find some money for the family. And there are these two boys. I think they went to Sanford and Harvard, and they're potentially both future presidential candidates.
6: I would, here, here's where I think we have some common ground. I think if, if we're looking for common ground, both parties understand that, that the American dream is under threat. You saw both parties trying to to tell American dream stories. Everybody was talking about if it wasn't them, it was their parent, it was their great-grandparents. Somebody had to be at that American dream sort of a a, a carrier. I think that's important to recognize that both parties understand the dream's under threat, and we have different visions about what to do about it. But i tell you what, when it comes to authenticity, I I was moved by Mitt Mitt Romney's speech. I was certainly moved by Ann Romney's speech. Mm -hmm. But the authenticity scale, when Michelle Obama starts talking about her story, when those Castro brothers talk about their stories, it just it just resonates differently. But I'm glad that both parties recognize the dreams but under threat, and difference. both of us want to want to move the ball.
5: There's a difference in yeah. that. I agree that that both parties want to promote the idea that if you work hard, work hard in America, hard. you, you can actually it. succeed. The difference is is this party here, the Democrats, are really trying to say that government has a fundamental hand in that process where I think the Republicans are just simply saying that's not true.
11: I think you're right. We are saying government has a fundamental hand, not the only hand. I
13: don't want you you all agreeing with each other. That's not the idea at all. Let's take a short
11: break. I'm going
13: to stop you because you're a green team, mate. So we're going to to regroup, have a beer. I'm going to have a quick cold shower to get rid of all this heat. (laughs) This is coming not just from here but from the, the panelists. And we're back to ask a big question. Is America better off or not? because of a Barack Obama. Now it's going to get Now it could get him <laughs> We're well, back my all-star panel. Rick Rommel, Katie Pavlich, Hillary Rosen and Van Jones. So you've all been squabbling away in the break, very nicely <laughs> coming to the boil. Let's get to the, the crux of what this whole election could come down to. This very uncomfortable question... Is America better off or not because of four years of Barack Obama? My argument would have been from them, you know what, the first six months were a nightmare, but since then you've been better off. But because they've made it a four-year assessment from the point of election to now, the stats don't really work for Barack Obama. On most common ground that you look at to compare Lightwood, like he's not in good shape. Henry, how, how do you dispute the fact that it doesn't look like we are in better shape in America?
11: Well, there are stats on both sides. You know, we have look at the all-time high stock market. We look at GDP growth up. We've looked at we were hemorrhaging 800,000 jobs a month. Now we're growing, not enough. Unemployment but 130.
7: has
13: gone up.
11: Unemployment has Gas gone up. prices, but it's spiked sword. like this. And I mean, then there it are key down.
13: economic yeah. dynamics here which look terrible
11: on both sides. And, and here's the
13: point. Well, only one side's in government. <laughs> well, no, that's not no I mean what both sides.
11: Some numbers are worse. Some numbers are better. But here's the key point. Democrats would be stupid if we tried to tell people how they feel. So the best we're going to do, I think, is to say, you know what? We do not want to go back to where we were in 2008. We do not want to go back to the policies that brought us there, and we don't want to go back to um, the situation we were, where the banks were out of control, where war was out of control, I mean, where tax cuts gave,
13: were out and of and control. Poor old and, President Obama. He, wait, he wakes up the day after he goes to and suddenly remembers, God almighty, we're in two wars. Mm-hmm. We've got the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression.
5: democratic right. House. This is, is the, the democratic mother of all hospital his, He
14: ran for president to fix the problem, and he has fix the problem. There are 23 million people out of work. The food stamp count is at all-record high. People at the gas pump can feel it. And President Obama has tried to tell people that everything is okay, and his closest advisors have said, you can't tell people that everything's okay, because they know it's not okay, and they're going to think you're lying to well, them.
13: I don't think he's saying everything's okay. I think what he's saying it's is, look, it is slowly improving. Yeah. The question is, has well, it improved enough? Well, unemployment has gone up. <laughs> but clearly, the You've number been of new jobs created over the last two years well, is a sign of improvement. I, I think the, Demi- the stock market performance is a sign
5: of economic prosperity compared to where it was. But the Democrats controlled the House, the Senate, and the White House for two years. With,
6: un- with they- unprecedented filibusters, though. With unprecedented yeah, but that's such an excuse. Uh- it,
5: really, you <laughs> could do anything that you want. Nancy Pelosi could wake up and put any piece of legislation on the, on the table, and but, they, but Rick, would Rick, Rick, on about, they would have had to vote on what it. They would have had to vote on it. What about the undeniable... Then the about, president can What about can the tell.
13: undeniable reality that the Republicans have done everything they can to stymie this guy? I, I, like I mean, know. They made it clear very publicly, very early on, we're going to do everything we can to make him a one term president. are
5: proven to be right. Unemployment has increased and we've had a downgrade in our economy. I think if we tried what the Republicans had offered, we wouldn't be in this mess. I, I, to I, say, this, to say, say the, the, the Republicans
14: difference. are the problem here, they, the Democrats still have the Senate, they still have the White House, Republicans have passed multiple budgets, the Senate hasn't introduced a budget for more than 1,200 days which has a direct impact on job growth in this country. Let me get in
6: here. Let me just say a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we don't actually have a dictatorship. We have a democracy. We have two parties. One party says there's a the party of individual responsibility. They need to take some responsibility for the fact that Republicans have been acting like Lucy holding the ball and every time Obama tries to kick it, they move the ball. Republicans have not voted for their own policies where it comes to tax cuts for small businesses, uh, tax breaks for 98% of Americans. So, so both parties have to take some responsibility here, number one. Number two, you know, I think the, the truth that nobody wants to say on either side some americans are doing better and some americans are not it's the income inequality that makes this thing hard hard to talk about some are doing better some are doing worse and that's the reality
13: okay look i'm afraid we're gonna leave it there but you can come back that's the beauty of panels
4: (laughs) (laughs) we'll have you back later in the week if you're all available you're not still Uh, squabbling in the street that's liberals in a nutshell it's that theory of you do good deeds you can do bad deeds But distilled down to what I've been tweeting, anybody defending any of these fucking cretins, if you got a D behind your name, you're safe. If you got an R, you're a monster. The media, liberal politicians, that's their play. And they've been playing it since Weinstein fell. Want more proof? Here's another one. Staff said Michigan Representative John Conyers, the longest-serving member of the House of Representatives, repeatedly touched women inappropriately. He was congressional resource to fly in women he was having affairs with. Kate Nocera, I was basically blackballed. There was nowhere I could go. The woman who complained about John Conyers' harassment told BuzzFeed News. She settled for around $27,000. ABC, CBS, downplay the harassment accusations against Conyers as they run long, drawn-out articles on more. And I just want to remind you, Representative John Conyers calls for investigation of Bush-era war crimes. Most people forget him because he's like Maxine Waters. He's done absolutely nothing in Congress. Other than attack Bush, and now Waters is making her bones on attacking Trump. But Conyers is all over the TV calling him a fucking war criminal and hanging out with Code Pink. And move on. The predecessors to Antifa. Need another example? Representative Diane Deggett just said on MSDNC that former Representative Bob Filner Tried to pin me to the elevator door and kiss me. Yes, he's a damn. That's another politician. Yeah, so in a week that you heard Clinton, Franken, Conyer, Filner. Oh, you didn't hear that, did you? You just heard Roy Moore. Yeah. One of the ladies I work with, African-Americans, she's, she's just sick of hearing it. They're talking about a yearbook. They're using a yearbook denotion to say he molested somebody. And it's all cover. Cover. Here's another winner on the left, Oliver Stone. Melissa Gilbert accuses Oliver Stone of sexual harassment. It was humiliating and horrid. Hollywood Reporter... John Lasseter taking leave of absence from Pixar amid missteps. He wrote a whole thing. He was sexually harassing people. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. It, it, it's, it's out of control on the left. And I was going to play this in the, in the hypocrisy section, but this is the showcase. This is Morning Joe on MSDNC. This is how they handle 28 Dems under suspicion and just one Republican. You talked about being tribal. What's interesting, Caddy, is you have you have the National Review, a very conservative outlet, saying Al Franken doesn't deserve the death penalty you have michelle goldberg at the new york times saying the same thing and there have been a lot of conservatives i saw on twitter yesterday saying the same thing like are, with Al franken are we jumping the shark so this seems to be a case that is not tribal a lot of conservative thought leaders and a lot of democrats are starting to say
9: but i'm Wait. also i'm all the the thing about the al franken story i, I mean i I don't know about this one, and, you know, he did stick his tongue, allegedly, forcibly, in somebody's mouth. If that was proven to be the case... What message, if he doesn't go, does that send to other potential people who might do that? And how is that actually co- proven to be the case? Well, I don't know how. because I guess you have. N- I guess it's just us. We're the, the judge, the jury, and the cops, and the accusers or are you. All you wait and see and what happens. Th- that's not how, how the help. story develops, and if there are other incidents really. that's in
4: Your question, and it's a conversation I've had for the last couple of weeks with women. With women, yeah. well, how, how do you feel about this? Is Al Franken, or when you say Al Franken, it becomes protecting the Democrats? So let's say politician X doing what he did in the same boat should his mm-hmm. picture be on the same graphic on tv with harvey weinstein
8: who now we know is a serial predator and an alleged rapist and all these things that he's been yeah. accused
5: of should they both be run out of public life? Well, should they both be thrown off the stage and the answer i've gotten from most women is no right and that-
4: to your point, Mika, isn't does not excuse the first behavior. It's all It says bad. those are both gross, and if somebody did that, I would report it, and I don't like it. And we're But do I think here. he's a pariah and should have his life ruined and thrown out? And again, I'm not just talking about Al Franken. I'm talking about the degrees of the kind of sexual harassment and assault we've been and talking about. And we had a... It's beyond hypocrisy, my friends. It's beyond hypocrisy. The people who are supposed to champion African-American rights... What are the li- what the long-term senators? Was the leader of the KKK? Bird. They championed women's rights. All these guys. I mean, here's just a list. Clinton, Thrush, Wiener, uh, let me zoom this in. I wanna zoom this in so I can read these names. I'm gonna zoom it in. Zooming. Zooming. Um Weinstein, Franken, Conyers, Cosby, Travolta. Uh don't forget freaking uh what the hell is his name? I can't I see his picture, but I can't see his name. I can't read any of this. Let me open up to uh hold on a second. Let me open up to out of read mode and into this. There we go. Uh John Edwards, Lena Dunham. Brian Singer, Sean Penn, Brad Pitt, Roman Polanski, Al Gore, Asap Rocky, Fitty Cent, Pee Wee Herman, Robert Benendez, David Wu, Brett Ratner, Andy Dick, Ted Kennedy, Danny Manderson, Billy Joe Armstrong, Eminem, Jim Brown, Victor Silva, uh, Alex De Silva, Jared Fogel, Kevin Spacey, A different Bill Clinton. Who's that guy? Child porn dinner. A different Bill Clinton. I don't know who that guy is. That's different. I'll take him off that list. Uh, Peter Yarrow. Gary Goder. David Gulland. Richard Dreyfus, Joe Scarborough. Jeffrey Epstein. Ed Buck. uh, Two anonymous Vox employees. Mark Halperin. Robert Scoble. Leon Wessler. Nick Najera, George Tataki, Kanye West, Dwayne Shute, Rick Nelson, Philip R., Tom Sizemore, Elliot Spitzer, Tony Menendez, Joe Biden, David Lennerman, Tony Mendoza, Paula Poundstone, James Hodgkinson, Hamilton Fish, Michael Oreska, Joe Morrissey, Sam Adams, Neil Goldschmidt, Mike Yenny, Dan Schoen, and Devin Kelly. Now, some of those, of course, are... Killers, so I don't know why they put them on this list, but that—that is—that is where we're at. That's where we're at. It, it has been like this for a while, but all you see is the conservative. I listened to reports this week. They never said Senator Franken's a Democrat. The word Democrat was never uttered once. They don't care. They go up to the conservative. Same team. Dylan Byers decided to take a totally different track. Beyond the pain, humiliation women have endured, which is of course the paramount issue, it's worth taking stock of the incredible drain of talent for media and entertainment taking place right now. Never has so much talent left the industry all at once. And that's the media version of Well, are they good people or bad people, a.k.a. are they liberals or conservatives? You're fucking hypocrites. You're just fucking hypocrites. All of you. So, to go on to tweets of her day, I, I gotta play this. Astronomers have found a planet that looks just like Earth. They're calling it Earth, too. Some scientist, supposedly, on some little network I've never heard of, uh, talked to Hillary about it. Yeah. You already know what's about to be said, don't you?
5: People joke about... Earth Two, where you are president. <laughs> um, I was hoping to do a little lightning round, ticking through some issues where President Trump has taken action and what you might be doing uh, on, Earth on Earth Two, two and yeah. at this the, the end we of may the first year.
2: <laughs> no, we may, we you know, may have just I've,
8: found it. I know, we may. You know, I felt
5: the ripple just in, in, in time.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with North Korea.
3: Full-on diplomatic pressure and sending diplomats who actually know the language, know the history, know the culture.
5: What would be happening on on gun safety?
3: We would be putting as much money as it took into enforcing the laws we already have. And then I would be pushing for uh, universal background checks uh, that would include gun shows. On the opioid (coughs)
9: crisis.
3: First of all, we have to save lives when there are overdoses, and that's something the Clinton Foundation has led the way on in getting... Uh, naloxone in the colleges and high schools and emergency responders. But once you save the life, how are you going to get that person the the treatment and the support that he or she needs? So I would be actually putting in place a real plan, working with local communities to address what is uh, a really serious epidemic. You
5: know, I, I fear we yeah. have to end it here.
3: Okay. You want one more? I'll, I'll, I'll be short. One more. Because I like being on Earth, too. <laughs> no,
5: no. Uh, Russia.
3: We've got to get to the bottom of what happened in 2016. If I had been president, or on Earth 2, where, <laughs> where I am, I would have an independent commission uh, with subpoena power because if we don't get to the bottom of it, it's going to keep happening. This is an ongoing threat. I worry about 18, I worry about 2020, because this is the first time we've ever been attacked and not imposed any real consequences on our adversary. Thank you so much.
5: We really Thanks. appreciate it. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks. And Thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you. Let's go to
3: Earth 2. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nico.
5: Bye. <laughs>
4: Yeah, go, go to Earth, too, and take all your sexual harassers with you. Tweets of the day. Steph Marmel, the time editor, tomorrow on 9-12. I'll only be retweeting women on Twitter. I hope you join me with, and help, hashtag amplify women. Yon Beckwith. Not tweeting tomorrow, just retweeting women. Men, join me. Somebody summed up what I think of it Loud. What kind of beta shit is this? (laughs) This woman, though, did respond with some serious, serious hate and discontent. How utterly insulting. No woman I know are so frail and feeble that they are incapable of participating in our national discourse unless men first fall into a reverent silence. Tired of people trying to launder their reputations with conspicuous displays of allyship or virtue signaling. And that's what it's about. With all these liberals going down for fucking jerking off on ferns, the left is going, we really love women. Look at us. You really love women? You wouldn't expose yourself to women. I don't even expose myself to my wife. Let alone... A stranger, but our tweet of the day—and this has never happened, never happened. Sally Cohn, time for Al Franken to go. Wrong is wrong, and the Democrats need to show they strongly and consistently stand for women's rights. The day that I agree with Sally Cohn and the left doesn't. Has to be our tweet of the day.
7: Hey, tweet of the day!
4: A lot of weird far left. Feminists that are losing their mind. Farhead Manjo featuring Drake. I don't know what that is. I'm at the point where I seriously, sincerely wonder how all women don't regard all men as monsters to be constantly feared. The real world turns out to be a legit horror movie that I inhabit and knew nothing about. That tweet eventually racked up more than 25,000 likes, but the highest profile endorsement likely came from Washington Post style writer Monica Hess who second the idea that all men are to be treated as potential monsters. Remember, a WAPO reporter, surprise, the answer is that we do and must, we must regard all men as potential monsters to be feared. That's why we cross the other side of the street at night, and why we sometimes obey when men say, smile, honey. We're always aware the alternative could be death. Death. All men. When right now it looks like it's just liberal men. Just change up a few words and you can make this a racist quote. That's how stupid this tweet is. By the way, people who speak this way after Islamic terrorist tracks are called bigots. People have been mugged and worried when they see people who look like they're in a gang are racist. But it's cool to go, all men. All men. Chad Felix being a feminist must be a terrible hellish daily experience. I was actually raped and do not live with this kind of fear or paranoia. but there's a lot of it. Uh, Emily Linden mixed it up with Jake Tapper and Jake Tapper's been really solid during this it surprises me. Sorry. If some innocent men's reputations have to take a hit in the process of undoing the patriarchy, that is a price I'm absolutely willing to pay. Jake Tapper went middle school on him. I'm guessing you didn't get a good grade for your 7th grade book report to kill a marking bird. I read the thread. Damn, I got a paid flip. You said in some innocent man's reputation, I have to take a hit in the pro- process of undoing the patriarchy. This is a price I'm absolutely willing to pay. That's immoral. And it's not a price you would be paying, by the way. It'd be an innocent man doing that because she tried to defend herself. Yeah, Lyndon's a reporter. She's a reporter. I, 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 I am astounded. And how far the left will spin to protect themselves. I put this in hate tweets, not in the Thanksgiving. Because this just shows hate. Remember, the Thanksgiving segment is how liberals want to ruin Thanksgiving. Joy Reid jumped the shark. She wanted to just destroy the pardons. This article I grabbed it from someone named Joy. It must be hard to live a life filled with this such sadness. (laughs) Joy Reed. Gotta say these traditions, the turkey part, and other cutesy things presidents do, are lost to the ether for me when Trump performs them. The legal, ethical, and moral clouds above his presidency are like a film on the camera lens. Chad Felix Green. Liberals are such miserable, bitter, unhappy people. Curtis Hoke. You have to lead a sad life to constantly be outraged by Trump and let harmless things go by the wayside. And I think that's the problem for the Dems. They're so caught up in the negative, they're now losing people. I told you. It took longer than I thought, because I think I said six months. People are starting to get tired of it. Where's the proof? I have left, left Seth, less Seth Meyer and Stephen Colbert Bassett. They're, they're getting tired. They're just getting tired. You can't read this stuff all the time. Like I said, one letter to WAPO and they wanted me to be on an advisory board, which I declined. They wanted me to help steer because they don't know anybody like me. They only know liberals. But all week, it was nonstop. How murderer Charles Manson and Donald Trump used language to gain followers. That was from Slate. Language to gain followers. They're the same. Related Charles Manson family. Who survived cult leader, and where are they now? John Ziegler, pretty amazing and frankly terrifying that this photo of Leanne Tweedan laughing with Al Franken at a U.S. event honoring him three years after he assaulted her is not getting much attention, mainly because Franken, too much of a PC wuss to use it, we have lost our friggin' minds. This is interesting on two fronts, once it discredits Tweedan's claim Franken created Created Kiss just for her. Two, it raises possible a tweet and at best conflated what was real and was part of a sketch she actively took part in. Sketch is literally about what she claims. And he goes a whole Twitter riot, destroying her. He's a reporter. Then another one the human side of infamous cult leader Charles Manson. The human side. There was no human side. New York Times, they were so hate-filled this week because there wasn't a lot of the stuff you could really bash Trump for because it wasn't him under sexual harassment charges. Review of Ivanka Trump's book, Eek, were held hostage by a throbbing blister. Jessica Crispin ranted it sounded like the scrambled tumbler feed of a demented 12-year-old. So it's not surprising that the Times would slam her mother, Ivanka, new book, Raising Trump, complete with her ex-husband's description of a throbbing blister. Does anyone wonder why the Trumps might think the Times has an animus towards them? The Sunday Times book review carried this attack on front cover by liberal Vanity Fair scribbler James Wolcott Ivana's book was reviewed alongside Jerry Oppenheimer's new book, Biography of the Kardashians. Wolcott noted that Ivanka Trump boasts that her children, Donald, Junior, Eric, and Ivanka, are all faithful spouses, superb parents, accomplished business people, and sterling assets during their father's presidential campaign. Wolcott finds that barely worthy contemplating. He thought the title Raising Trump was all about husband wrangling. They can't even let a book go by. But our huge hate of the day is Hillary. Hillary won't go away. She just won't go away. And she did another speech with her husband somewhere where people who just can't get over the election congregate to look up at the dear leader that they wanted so bad. And she trolled out Faux news again.
3: Unfortunately, our body politics, immune system, has been impaired. Because there has been a concerted effort, starting with the creation of the Fox network. Uh, It wasn't there when Bill first ran. It was one of the reasons he probably
14: survived.
4: Hypocrisy! I'm glad I read this today as we enter our hypocrisy. Andrea Mitchell, I have no political axe to grind. It's actually a soundbite. I'll play it, I believe, in the media mash, but that would really make me want to vomit my turkey dinner. Now, as far as daydreaming about grinding against the Clintons... Somebody said, which was probably inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> that vaunted objectivity must explain why, when Hillary speaks, we see that Andrea O face. <laughs> Other hypocrisy. Trans women are women, repeated 75,000 times by somebody named Dirac. Ben Shapiro. Nope, 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 nope. People protesting Shapiro had the wrong idea. This dude needs his mug, smug mug punched repeatedly. Don't worry, Ian Brown calling on people to punch Ben Shapiro in the face directly violates Twitter's policy against inciting targeted violence. But it doesn't violate the spirit of the policy, which is precisely to malign easily targets on the right. And that's what they were talking about. That's your hypocrisy. If I say somebody should be punched in the face, you can guarantee, sure as shit, my friends, I'm going to get banned. But not a blue check Democrat on Twitter. Washington Times. Lewis Lerner and her deputy at the IRS say they fear retaliation from an enraged public or their dispositions in the court case this year are unsealed. Stephen Miller. So Lerner is afraid of retaliation if, if say, her private information and discussions were to become public and used against her politically? The hypocrisy in this is as follows. A, what did she say? Because remember, in the depositions, you can't plead the fifth. And all of their angst over him being released and using cover that tea baggers might fucking kill me is just cover. Tea Party never killed anyone. Antifa has. Yeah, they, they've killed people. Tea Party never did. Remember, they're just racist. Because they're white. Okay. Our media mass for the day. Andrea Mitchell, no political acts to grind. ABC actually covers Border Patrol agent murders. Everyone else ignored it matthews i was too hard on bill clinton matthews again he hammers brazil for calling 2016 what it was rigged and then cnn brian seltzer has a late night orgasm about how awesome it is that every late night show disrespects the office of the president of the united states when if i flipped the clock one year ago anybody said anything about obama he would have it on his show and call them fucking racist because he's a fucking hypocrite
8: I, I, I laugh every time I come on networks like this, they accuse us of cutting taxes uh, on the rich. Every time I go on different networks, and you may understand who those are, they accuse us of, of raising taxes on the rich. So I think it sort of looks, how, it depends on how you We're want to. We're not look taking at a it.
3: political point of view here. We are actually going by nonpartisan groups like the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, all the impact on the exploding deficit, which will impact future generations. I, do you believe that the women who've come out against Roy Moore? Are
8: credible? Um, I believe they're credible. I don't know who to believe. Again, I, I'm i at the office of management and budget. No, no. I said that. I said they're credible. I don't know who to believe. And I do think, as the president said, well, the voters credible, should decide. You believe
9: them,
8: Andrea. I. I I run the Office of Management and Budget in Washington, D.C. You work for NBC News in Washington, D.C. My guess is we've not spent that much time looking at the specifics of these allegations. You've arrived at a certain conclusion because of a certain political persuasion. We're not because of a
12: political persuasion
3: at all. I'm, I am simply asking whether you believe that they are credible. They have been out in public. They have spoken on the record. Some, were brought, uh, some stories were brought out by Alabama journalists in the local newspapers down there, not just by the Washington Post. And I have no political axe to grind here other than to ask you whether you believe they are credible.
8: Next here to a mysterious and deadly incident in southwest Texas involving two Border Patrol agents. The incident in a remote spot east of El Paso and 30 miles from the Mexican border. The agents were, quote, responding to activity when one of them called for help, saying they were injured. President Trump said it was an attack that showed the need for his border wall. But authorities tonight say they are now investigating whether it was an accident. Agent Rogelio Martinez did not survive. His partner is in serious condition tonight.
2: Has Bill Clinton's day of reckoning come? I personally think it has come. But for more, I'm joined by MSNBC anchors Stephanie Ruhle and Eugene Scott, a political reporter with the Washington Post. Stephanie, Bill Clinton was impeached. He wasn't convicted, but he had to be tried before the United States Senate. Everybody this side of, uh, of the world, in fact, all around the world, knew what he was involved with, with a, with a young employee, a former intern in her early 20s, and he was president of the United States. We all knew the situation. We all pretty much knew the Star Report, we even the too much information part of it. We do know what happened. We knew that the president wasn't honest in his grand jury testimony. We know all that. What more needs to be said about that at this point, all these years later?
0: I mean, listen, we called it the Lewinsky scandal. We didn't call it the Clinton scandal. And we looked at Monica Lewinsky as a villain. But come on, Chris. She was a victim. We did? Well, many okay, people go ahead. Did. I'm think about, about how-
2: I'm talking about th- the punishment. The punishment. Look, I was tougher on Bill Clinton than just about anybody on the center left. I know all about it. I remember what I was. I sometimes think I was too tough on him. But one thing you can't say is that people didn't get it. a very clear hearing on what he'd done. We saw it and we talked about it and he was judged by the United States Senate, wasn't he? He
0: was he was definitely judged by the United States Senate and Monica Lewinsky was practically run out of town. And look at Kirsten Gillibrand making the brave statement that she has right now. And she's already getting pushback from those who have said, The Clintons, they gave you money, they gave you uh, Hillary Clinton's seat, you should be grateful. But Kirsten Gillibrand was not in a position then to say anything. The world accepted the Clintons. They were among the most powerful people in the Democratic Party. We all accepted it. And now Kirsten Gillibrand is in a position of power, and it's pretty brave of her right now to say something like she has.
2: I agree, but what should we do?
0: What should we do? Change what we're doing going forward. Listen, I spent 14 years of my life sitting on a trading floor. Did I know that when I was sent home from dinner a little bit early, guys were going to a strip club or I didn't get invited to conferences in Vegas or fishing trips in Costa Rica? I knew what was happening, but I wasn't in a position of power. Now, today, Mm. finally, there is a change and we can actually do something about it. And anyone who thinks, oh, no, this is a political move. Women are just trying to take this too far and, and, and run everything, give me a break in 2017 uh, 70,
2: please like, don't argue with me I'm just trying to say that uh, Bill Clinton who I was very tough on went through hell on this what did he escape just help me out how did he escape judgment
0: he didn't escape judgment it was just a different time people judged Bill Clinton yeah. but over year after year we accepted I mean Bill Clinton was a womanizer for years and we accepted it okay. and now what Kirsten Gillibrand is trying to say maybe we shouldn't have
2: I hear your points, and they're well received here. Thank you, Eugene Scott. I'm trying to make up Thanks. for the fact that I think I was too tough on Clinton. Anyway, let me ask you about Hillary Clinton's statement recently that the, uh, the 2016 election wasn't legitimate. Now, that is very confounding to me. Does that mean it shouldn't count? What does it mean to say it's not legitimate? You may not like a lot of things done in it. A lot of things get bad done. I mean, there's dirty campaign fundraising. People break the rules all the time. There's prejudice, racial prejudice, all kinds of prejudice. But the election still counts. Do you, mean, do you think she's saying it is not a legitimate election? What do you th- say to that? I, I think she was saying that this was a disruptive political season. And what we are learning, Chris, every day is that the Russian interference went beyond the, uh, right. the stolen sure, emails yeah. and, and the weaponization of information. But what you think it was le- st- yes, I know. But just to the point, Chris, you think it was I, a, legi- a legitimate I, election. My question to you is, was it a legitimate election? Does it count? Uh, I, uh, my personal view is that it was not a legitimate election. So it doesn't count? Uh, uh, Chris, I, remember, I'm the campaign manager of Al Gore in 2000, and where, as you well know, the Supreme Court decided. This This election will always have an asterisk by, and that's why I think Donald Trump should take so, steps as president to clean up our system so that no more foreign governments, have, no foreign meddling would
14: occur in okay. the future.
2: We have a definitional problem because, you know, uh what's his name? Trump is out there. He said for years that that ba- Barack Obama wasn't a legitimate president because he was a legal immigrant. And that's what an illegitimate means. Is it a legitimate election or not? And you're saying it was not a legitimate election. It doesn't count.
8: Have you ever seen anything like this in another presidency? There's never been anything like this in a presidency. How many late night hosts are members of the resistance? Well it's at least two overtly. Colbert and Seth Myers are to me. They're like the voices of the resistance. Would you say you're on a mission to take him down?
1: I would like to see him brought down to the ground, (laughs) preferably in handcuffs.
8: Would you call what you're doing now uh, investigative comedy?
5: We do try to bring out information that you couldn't get out in a monologue joke. So we try to do a longer piece where we can sort of have a little bit more freedom to explain the
6: story.
8: Do you think if someone watched these shows every night the way you do, they would find themselves changing their political views
6: no i think that the way these shows work is they tune into a certain decibel level a certain level of outrage a certain
4: it's hard to be that biased folks this one cracked me up too last week this photo went viral after getting posted to facebook by fort Bend county sheriff troy Nels. Sheriff Nels, before he deleted the post for his personal page, wrote that he wanted to have a chat with the person who owned the truck, prompting an outcry from the ACLU on the grounds that the offensive sticker was free speech. Mashable. Texas Sheriff goes after truck with fuck Trump on it, and now the ACLU is involved. At the time of the post, nobody knew who was behind the sticker, but a woman outed herself to the Houston Chronicle. Turns out a woman identified herself as a driver, said she used to work for Nell's in the county jail. Karen Fonseca said the truck belongs to her husband, but that she often drives it. They had a sticker made and added to the window after the billionaire real estate magnate reality TV star was sworn into office. See, they got to put all the negatives about him. The sticker has attracted attention, Many times before, Fonseca said, people shake their head, they take photos of it, officers have pulled her over but failed to find a reason for writing a ticket. Now the sheriff is taking it on, but Fonseca did not plan to contact him. Big mistake. It turns out that Fonseca was wanted on outstanding warrant over fraud charges and was arrested after a name went public. Of course, the headlines are trying to link the message with the arrest, but that's BS. Washington Post she put an obscene anti-Trump message on her truck and was arrested now she might sue Zelina Zito no conservative but she was not arrested for obscene message she was arrested for outstanding felony warrant for fraud the root petty goals Texas woman with viral fuck Trump sticker adds another sticker for sheriff who threatened to arrest her That's media, folks. That's free press. I could show you New York Times, NBC, ABC, CBS. None of them got the story right because it didn't fit their agenda. Oh, that's free speech. If I put fuck Obama on my truck window, do you think ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSDNC, PBS, New York Times, WAPO, would say that's free speech. No, they'd say it's racist. So I decided to end this segment before we go to a music break and come back for our stats, a couple articles, and um, news and social media nuggets with a new thing called media done right and media done wrong. Unfortunately, the media done wrong is our M effort of the day. It's one of the most horrible things I've ever heard a reporter say, and I've heard a lot of horrible shit in this last two years, because they just hate Trump a lot. So media done right. Let's do the positive. Given the increasing number of media heavyweights being outed as sexual predators, this series tweets from Jake Tapper explains a lot about how the problem was able to grow unchecked for so long. In 1998, just as Bill Clinton's Lewinsky scandal broke, I wrote in WCP, does it need saying that too many of the producers, reporters, and editors are currently busy putting him and Monica in stocks have done the same thing in just, a, just as tawdry ways? Feed a drink to any woman reporter, especially in TV, and she will spill about her first job but the fossilized proboscis monkey pushed her up against the teleprompter or the tan, dashing reporter had breathed like a warthog breath like a warthog, excuse me, and hands like a squid. I should note that I knew nothing beyond rumors, but as we learn seemingly every day, none of these stories of sexual misconduct in the media were completely unknown to the media. That's reporting done right. And I would forfeit they knew about all the politicians, too. Remember, WikiLeaks talked us one thing. The media is very intertwined with the Democratic National Committee. They go to fundraisers and everything. They throw birthday parties for them. Chuck Toad. Jennifer Palmieri. They knew this stuff. But once again, all these offenders had a D behind their name. So if you have a D, you're with me. You have an R, go to hell. Go straight to hell. Do not collect $200. Go to hell. Now, in our media done wrong, Casey Hunt is a uber-shill liberal. She's always been a liberal. Her reporting on Trump was horrible. She almost cried on the night of the election. But this MF of the day said, as I stated, one of the most horrible things I've ever heard a reporter play. So I'm going to play her soundbite. And then you'll hear Samuel L. Jackson scunionize her as I try to get my composure to speak on the other side.
3: Thank you both very much. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. New details today on the incident that left <laughs> ran Paul with six broken ribs. This might be my favorite stories, although, of course, we don't. Uh, clearly, Senator Paul is still struggling. Paul's neighbor, Renee, is accused of beating the senator. And she- he reports that lawn care issues may well have been at the heart.
6: Come you college motherfuckers, think y'all run everybody. motherfucker, 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 Motherfuck, 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 motherfuck. You me some motherfucker. You talking about? Motherfucker, I eat everything. I eat the pussy. I eat the butt. I eat every motherfucker. That motherfucker, motherfucker, out chew his ass up, motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. motherfucker, English motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfuckers, motherfucker, motherfuckers, motherfucker. We're not gonna motherfucker. I'm on the motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker, Ye-b-y-k-y, motherfucker. motherfucker
4: okay b- before I say my piece on this let us understand this story has never been reported correctly that the guy is a democratic operative that this was an unprovoked attack on a sitting Senate senator who could have died, that they finally leaked a week later his health, and that was only because somebody did an interview with his wife on local TV, and the mainstream just carried it a little bit. My favorite story. With a smile and a chuckle. She's subsequently been forced to apologize, but her apology rings about as hollow I don't have an analogy for how hollow it rings. I want you to think for one minute, any reporter on Fox ever uttered that statement about any Democrat, regardless of sex, gender, sexual orientation, fucking religion, that that would be just a blip. That is horrible. That is how bad our media and the Democrats are. They take joy in the fact that Republicans get beaten in the street by Antifa and anti-Trump protesting that was linked to Antifa and Soros during the election. They thought it was cute when a woman was pelted with eggs. What was that, San Jose or Sacramento we played it on the show? They have no problem that Hodgkinson had an assassination list on him. That Paddock probably was a liberal killing conservatives. And that the latest killer in the Texas church was an atheist. An Antifa member. A liberal. Because remember, every time somebody dies on the right... I read you a thousand or more tweets of people saying they were Trump voters, they had it coming. Where have you gone so wrong that you wish ill, pain, bodily harm on somebody who doesn't agree with you on maybe two or three subjects? Because when you break down Democrats and Republicans, their fucking policies ain't different. You can say, oh, fucking Obama, the dear one, the anointed one, changed the country. He didn't change shit. He forced down a broken healthcare system so that eventually we would go single-payer like the rest of the fucking liberal world does, where you wait 10 years to get a fucking Motrin. But he was more politically biased and divisive than any president we've ever had. He put back race relations at least a fucking decade, and at the end of the day, he fleeced the pockets of Wall Street, just like every other president. He didn't cruise the lower class, he didn't help the middle class, he didn't do shit about African American unemployment of young male that's at 14.8%, he didn't care. He took care of big pocket money holders, which isn't really a phrase, but you know what I'm saying. So we're talking abortion, immigration, economic policy. Those are the difference. And right now it's so blurry with the anti-Trump factions of the Republican Party there's not much difference between the Republicans and the Democrats on taxation as you see. And once again I'm not touching till there's something that's concrete to talk about. Right now it's all presumption, leaks and lies with fake news from the media. Seen 3 or 4 of them that were Pinocchio'd by the Washington Post or the person that they said said it, it's, I never said that. So that's where we're at. That's a media member happy that her favorite story is that Rand Paul almost got killed by a deranged Democrat over some petty issues between the houses. That's how they're trying to flip it. It's not about that. It goes back to what I said after fucking Las Vegas. It goes back to what I said after Washington, D.C. It goes back to what I said about the Texas shooting. It goes back to what I said about Antioch, a story that the media wouldn't even cover. The rhetoric from the Democrats is making people go fucking cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. When your attorney general, a vice presidential candidate, gets on the TV and says, you got to take to the street, and then we'll be bleeding and dying. When the president of the United States goes, you need to go on your house course. You need to get out in the street, and you need to protest. You need to do damage. Basically, forming Black Lives Matter, and pushing to the forefront, Antifa. Why do you think, when your premise is, one person in a fucking white sheet makes everybody a racist who lives in the South, Everybody a racist who's a conservative. Everybody a racist if you're pale skinned. Why would you not think that rhetoric would make people who are virtue singlers go out and go, Oh, it's taken up a notch. Maybe the placard doesn't work. Maybe you need to get a gun. As my ex-friend said on the show, and we took him off, and I no longer am a friend with him on Facebook, We're going to get trained. Yeah. How many Patricks are there out there who believe just saying things and voting is no longer good enough? We need to kill people who do not agree with us. That didn't just sprout up out of his head. It is formulated there by Democratic politicians, political talking heads, who are all liberal and all in Evers but Fox. Because even Schmidt on MSDNC is a liberal. So is Nicole Wallace. Why did you think that's not going to get them crazy? Why do you think there'll be no bodily harm on people? Why? It doesn't take a PhD in psychology to realize eventually rhetoric makes people do crazy shit. And to finalize that point... You say Donald Trump's words are like Charles Manson, Adolf Hitler, Mussolini. He is going to create a world of fucking horror because the sheep are going to follow him. Well, it looks like right now the only sheep out there are progressives, hipsters, Antifa members, feminazis. Yeah, you people. You seem to be following the rhetoric pretty heavy to a music break we'll come back on the other side going stats of the day without a bumper so you won't hear the little stats annoying sound that my wife fucking can't stand so i think i'm gonna scratch it and find something else we're gonna read a couple articles we'll do another music break and go to news and social media nuggets to end out this beautiful post thanksgiving podcast see you on the other side
7: Oh, by gosh, by golly It's time for mistletoe and holly Tasty pheasants, Christmas presents Countryside's covered with snow Oh, by gosh, by jingle It's time for carols and Kris Kringle Overeating very greeting from relatives you don't know. Then comes that big night, giving the tree the trim. You'll hear voices by starlight singing a Yuletide hymn. Oh, by gosh, by golly! It's time for mistletoe and holly, Fancy ties and granny's pies And folks stealing a kiss or two As they whisper, Merry Christmas Singing Oh by gosh By golly It's time for Mistletoe and holly Fancy ties And granny's pies And folks stealing a kiss Or two As they whisper Merry Christmas poking at the media bubble one podcast at a time here's tony reed come fly with me let's fly let's fly away if you can use some exotic booze there's a bar in far bombay come on and fly with me let's fly let's
4: fly away Love me some Frank Sinatra. All right, there's uh, our stats of the day. The first one, the poll found that younger people are much more likely to consider being sexual harassment. Consider things sexual. Let me do it again. A poll found that younger people are much more likely to consider things sexual harassment. One consistent pattern that emerged was a generation gap. In general, younger respondents were more likely to think that a behavior crossed the line when their older peers were, for example, over half of the British women under 30, said that wolf whistling was unacceptable. Less than a fifth of those over 64 felt that way. The Economist was the one that ran it over friendly or sexual harassment it depends partly on whom you ask Kathy Young over one third of American young adults think it's always usually sexual harassment if a man who's not a woman's romantic partner compliments her looks that's sexual harassment a quarter of young women say it's always usually sexual harassment if he asks her out for a drink There are people on here that were smart, and just because people think it's sexual harassment doesn't mean it does. Compliments aren't sexual harassment. If you don't want to go out for a drink, you just say no. Since when did this become such a hard concept to understand? It is understandable that that's what they're being taught in their college classes, their high school class. Everything is, it's just like everything's racist, everything's sexual harassment. What I was always taught: if you're told no, then you do it again. That sexual harassment on verbal things. We say off-color joke. Not you got nice tits. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't like those kind of jokes. You do it again. You're wrong. If I ask you out and you say no, and I ask you out again, that's becoming repetitively harassing. But we have a whole generation that doesn't want to do anything. They want everything for free. And they also think everything is sexual harassment. God help us in the future for procreation. When an entire political persuasion believes that you're supposed to change your sex or be gay, and that's the cool thing, and that just saying, man, I really like that dress. You look nice today, ma'am," Is sexual harassment. And oh, by the way, the Harvard how to dance on a dance floor. Are you still good with this? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Julie Bisowicz gets our next one, Party Money, Republican National Committee ended October with nearly 24 times as much available cash as the Democrat National Committee via new SEC filing. They only raised five million. The DNC raised 42.5 million. Another stat. 51 million Americans to travel this Thanksgiving. Highest volume in a dozen years. That's why your overly stuffed, too much stuffing eaten host is doing a podcast. Not even leaving the house today. Well, I might go get groceries. You're like, well, wait a minute, you got to dinner. a dinner. Yeah, we need, we need toilet paper. It happens. Facebook still letting housing advertisers exclude users by race. After ProPublica revealed last year that Facebook advertisers could target housing ads to whites only, the company announced it built a system to spot and reject discriminatory ads that's pretty fucked up if you think about it how is that even possible and then the no-brainer stat of the day nearly half of u.s. cancer deaths blamed on unhealthy behavior The study found that 45% of cancer deaths and 42% of diagnosed cancer cases could be attributed to what the author calls modifiable risk factors. Are you sure? I cram a can of Copenhagen in my mouth a day. I'm probably going to get cancer. I know that. I should probably stop. I probably won't. Nowhere in that am I going to go to Copenhagen and sue them for giving me cancer but it astounds me sometimes when I read these polls or these studies excuse me and go oh really thank you Captain Obvious so let's get on into our articles these are ones I couldn't fit in the front a lot of them are sexual harassment heavy but I thought it was important to kind of cover how things are being reported first one um I think this is um I don't know where the hell I got this. I really gotta work on my editing. Alleged sexual predators produced some of the most influential reporting on Trump. Vox. Thank you very much. This one's straight up about Glenn Thrush. And did you catch the title? Alleged Sexual Predators produce some of the most influential reporting on Trump. Roy Moore is not alleged. It's true, it's proven, even though nothing's proven. Hey, it's the media. Multiple women say that one of the New York Times top White House reporters has used his powerful position to sexually harass women. It raises the prospect that some of the most important stories about sexual assault, the treatment of women in the 2016 presidential campaign, were shaped by someone with a history of predatory behavior. Now, I'm going to break some of these down because I want you to catch numerous women. All I've heard about is one. That's what I read to you. But they know they're just not going to report it. Glenn Thrush, known for his tough questions and dodge reporting or dogged reporting of the Trump campaign administration, was suspended by the New York Times on Monday after Vox investigation revealed his story of predatory behavior against young journalists while working at Politico. The author of the piece, Vox editor Laura McGann, recalled a particularly disturbing reaction she said she had with Thrush at a bar in Virginia while they worked together at Politico over five years ago. He is the latest newsroom leader to be accused of inappropriate behavior following New York Times' expose of Harvey Weinstein, which prompted a wave of sexual abuse allegations against famous men in a variety of fields. Others include Vox Media Editor, Director, and Eater founder Lockhart Steele, who was fired for the company, and a pair of top NPR heads, Roger LeMay and new Michael, uh, uh, Michael Oreskes. The Vox article pointed out the hypocrisy of thrush behavior. He reportedly wrote a recent Facebook post linking to a story about a sexual misconduct allegation made against another top political journalist, Mark Halperin, who was also one of the most influential chronicles of the 2016 presidential election. Before his own allegations came to light, Halperin said Trump should be celebrating revelations that the then-president candidate was being accused of sexual assaulting several women in a New York Times article. There's some troubling things in this piece. But there's nothing illegal, there's nothing even kind of like beyond boorish or politically incorrect, which is built into the Donald Trump brand, Hopper said on Mojo. Thrush reportedly wrote on Facebook after news of all the allegations against Hopper and broke last month, young people who come into the newsroom deserve to be taught or trained, given our support and enlisted in our calling, not betrayed by little men who believe they are bigger than the mission. I just want that to sit for a bit. That's the very same things he said about Trump while they were doing it. Deflection. Deflection. He also has written about issues involving sexual assault and harassment of the past. Thrust repeatedly wrote about the fallout of the infamous leaked Access Hollywood tape where Trump was caught talking about locker room stuff. He later wrote the president's defense of Bill O'Reilly after the New York Times repealed the Xbox News host and made settlements with five women that he had made sexual harassment claims against him. And he wrote about Hillary Clinton's account of a 1975 case in Arkansas where a young lawyer, she defended, a 41-year-old factory worker is accused of raping a 12-year-old girl for Newsday. New York Times, New York Times and Glenn Thrush. We intend to fully investigate, while we do, Glenn will be suspended. The behavior attributed to Glenn in this Vox story is very concerning and not in keeping with the standards and values of New York Times. We intend to fully investigate, and while we do, Glenn is suspended. You can guarantee if he was a conservative, he'd be gone like Donkey Kong. The article reveals texts and emails between coworkers where Thrush apologized for his behavior and we read this. The article cited interviews with 40 people that showed Thrush was an influential veteran newsroom leader who could help reporters further their careers. The woman reportedly said Thrush behavior ranged from unwanted groping, kissing to hazy sexual encounters that played out under the influence of alcohol. He's a pretty ugly dude. He probably got him drunk and gave him roofies, for God's sake. Thrush in the Vox article said he was seeking help for his drinking problem stemming from health issues and apologizes any woman who felt uncomfortable in the presence and for any situation where I behaved improperly. He also claimed that the incident with McGain was consensual, but in a statement he denied his accuser's claim. I have never offered mentorship or reporting advice to any one man or woman with the expectation of anything in return to a suit other thighs is false. That's half that article. I want you to think if that was a conservative. I want you to reflect on Bill O'Reilly and the pointed accusatory demagoguery that was written about O'Reilly for his conduct which was abhorrent, did not glean so kind as that article about Clint Thrush. It goes back to good person on our team, got a D. Bad person, not on our team, has an R. In every facet, that's how the left applies it. So Casey Chalk did an article, which I totally agree with. Sex scandals reveal how the left uses shame to destroy morality. Shame, we are not told, is back in vogue, particularly if directed towards sexual harassment. Yet the left has been appropriately shame, as appropriating shame to serve its ideological objectives for generations. Name it, shame it, call it out. Thus, as actress Rose McGowan urged all those who have suffered sexual harassment and refrain from speaking about it. With the hashtag MeToo movement now in full throttle, individuals everywhere are coming out of the shadows to publicly humiliate sexual predators, no matter how high the pedestal upon which such harasser sits. Shame, we are now told, is back in vogue. I just read that. I'm not going to do it. We won't read it again. The truth, however, is that the left has been appropriating shame to serve its ideological objectives for generations. The focus on sexual harassment albeit long overdue, is yet the latest manifestation of liberals' unprincipled approach to morality. A short history of liberal shaming campaigns. Psychoanalyst Joseph Burgo, writing for the Washington Post, observes that the Me Too movement is a bit ironic, given that shame has increasingly come to be viewed as a repressive force whose shackles must be thrown off. Indeed, the progressivist agenda counsels everyone to feel no shame, whether they are gay or transgender or overweight, having had an abortion, having survived rape or sexual assault, or struggle with a mental illness or addiction. Yet, Burgo Argo, shame may also serve as a force for a good when we direct it at behavior damaging the social fabric. It sure can, and it has. Although Burgo doesn't say it, the left has engaged in aggressive public shaming programs for years. Burgo continues, a fear of being public ashamed encouraged adherence to the rules and standards that enable us to live together in a civilized way. When we turn shame upon individuals who violate those standards, we press them to desist. Sound familiar? How about the decade-long public shaming of smokers? I remember the ad from the 1990s that compared smokers to chimpanzees. Since then, surveys have found smokers to be considered outcast, persecuted, lepers, underclass. Blacklisted. A 2008 survey in New York City found most respondents agreed that most people would not hire a smoker to take care of their children. And that most non-smokers would be reluctant to date someone who smokes. A significant minority of respondents even agreed that smoking was a sign of personal failure. In 2004, Huffington Post featured an article titled, Why Smokers Must Be Shamed. I also remember the puritanical morality inculcated in me and my fellow grade school students regarding recycling. We all learned with explicit teacher approval to wag our finger and scold anyone who failed to properly dispose of his paper and plastic. Seattle in 2015 took this to a new level when it instituted a public shaming policy for those who failed to follow recycling rules. The city of Savannah, Georgia engaged in a similar public shaming campaign to stop littering. Of course, smoking, habitually or in excess, is bad for one's health, littering damage the beauty and well-being of our country, and recycling is an objective good in which campaigns should participate. The point is that the Me Too campaign is nothing new. Liberal media and organizations for years have crafted public shaming into an intricate science. This goes well beyond smoking and recycling. The left pursued an aggressive ad hominem public shaming campaign against North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory for his stance on transgender bathrooms. That particular operation recruited big business and the NCA to his cause, while protesters accosted him and called him a bigot. Liberals did much the same in Houston on the same issue. I'll add to his list how many companies have been shamed to not advertise on Fox. How many companies have been shamed and boycotted by the left over not adhering to ...to their way of thinking. But then it goes into double standards. Let's return to Burgo's initial commendation of shame. Shame may also serve as a force for good when we direct it to behavior damaging to the social fabric. As noted above, liberals have certainly employed shame for certain pet causes... ...usually related to environmentalism or sexual revolution. Herein lies a double standard... Sociolo- sociologists such as W. Bradford Wilcox at the University of Virginia for decades have noted that tremendous damage divorce, another project of sexual revolution, has done to American social fabric. Children exposed to divorce are more likely than their peers to in, in intact marriages to suffer from serious social or psychological pathologies. Adolescents with divorced parents are more likely to drop out of high school when compared to children in intact families. Adolescents... Girls with divorced parents are three times more likely to become teen mothers, while their male counterparts are twice as likely to spend time in prison. The effects of divorce are a huge drain on our nation's wealth and resources. The United States enjoyed the same level of family stability today as it did in the 60s. One sociologist has estimated that the nation would have 750,000 fewer children repeating grades. 1.2 million fewer school suspensions, approximately 500,000 fewer acts of teenage delinquency, about 600,000 fewer kids receiving therapy, and about 700,000 fewer suicide attempts per year. Wilcox's research has found similar detrimental effects caused by cohabitation. Yet our culture, media, and dominant institutions have not only abandoned any kind of shame attached to divorce, cohabitation, or other deleterious side effects of sexual revolution, we promote them as intrinsic part of our freedom to pursue our own life goals and self-actualization. Let us also add into all the statistics I've read on this show about gay marriage. From sexual assaults on minors, to drug use, dropout, jail sentences those kids have a very big uphill battle nobody wants to talk about it because the shame campaign for anyone who doesn't believe that is cool the bitterest irony burgo's argo goes on to provide a methodology for appropriate applying shame it must not only humiliate, it should leave room for those who have violated our standards to experience remorse and then to make amends. The ultimate goal is to ease the shaming and allow violators of our culture to moors to regenerate into society. Shame, public penulence, forgiveness, and reintegration. This, is also, this also should sound familiar. Prior to the secularization and autonomization of Western society, this is the way our communities, either through <clears throat> the judicial system or churches dealt with crimes against society. As First Things contributor Mark Bones notes, citing Cambridge University historian Helen Mary Carroll, the majority of medieval punishments were administered by small communities who took responsibility for their own criminals. Shaming punishments like shaving the head of an adulteress or dunking a crooked merchant into the river worked, and they worked because a person really could be shamed to have broken the peace of actual community of neighbors. Today, our public shaming methods obviously need to be identical to these, but can at least include other more moderately, modernly acceptable methods of expressing disapproval. Moreover, for many centuries, those who violated church rules were expected to publicly confess their sins and do penance. Then were ultimately reintegrated into the Christian community. Ironically enough... Far removed from enlightenment and its attempt to remove the shackles of institutional religion's influence on society, modern experts are seemingly unknowingly taking their cues from the tactics of pre-modern Christian societies. Form of shame, both public and internal, are now good and useful. So is public penance and ultimately forgiveness. Although one wonders why darlings of the left like Al Franken are being forgiven so quickly. If only liberals had a principled meaning of applying shame, we might actually be able to cooperate on a vision of common good for all Americans. This goes back to the key thing that I talk about on the show. When you use it as a method of shutting down conversation like the left does, and you are so quick to demean everyone who doesn't agree with you on a subject so that you can win the argument because you have no way of winning it through facts and proven outcomes. It's no longer good. As I say all the time on the show, racist means nothing to me anymore. Soon sexist will be nothing. They wore it out under Hillary. Transphobe homophobe means absolutely nothing when I'm called it. Because I'm not. I don't give a fuck if you marry a goat, fuck a goat, become a goat. The point is, I don't agree with that. You do you, I do me. But we've taken public shame to the new form. You must believe... That becoming a goat, marrying a goat, or fucking a goat is morally the best way to go. Another article, won't read the whole thing, but I think this is the crux of what we're, what this evolution is right now. Democrats have zero credibility to attack Trump after hiding Bill Clinton's sex I would also add John F. Kennedy's sex capades. Thanks to the Predator outing campaign, there is a growing attempt to relitigate Donald Trump's pussy grabbing, Miss USA leering behavior. All in with Hayes, he brought back out one of the ladies. And his tweet was a reminder that at least fifteen women have accused Donald Trump on the record of unwanted physical contact. Trump's decision on Friday to blast Senator Al Franken on Twitter only called more attention to the president's own past misconduct, Robert P. George. Al Franken deserves condemnation, but President Trump's intervention, given its own self-confessed misconducts, makes what should be bipartisan seem merely partisan. Not helpful. Pots and kettles, Mr. President. Pots and kettles. But what he tweeted was the Al Frankenstein picture is really bad. Speaks a thousand word. Where does his hands go in picture two, three, four, five, six while he sleeps while she sleeps. But this author says I'm having none of it. This piece will be only mention I make of Trump's personal predilections and past sexual misconduct. Here's why. When Trump was first entering the Republican primary, I assume like many, it was a big publicity stunt. I was painfully reminded of this a few weeks ago when Kid Rock announced that of course he isn't running for Senate. Who couldn't figure that out? Well, fool me once and all that. But once it became clear that Trump was in the primary for the long haul and had corralled a herd of supporters, I spoke out daily several times a day about his horrors from his underlying liberalism to his offensive mistreatment of women and everyone else. To his narcotic personality, but to no avail. He won both the primary and the presidency. What good comes now from a constant loop replaying Trump's misconduct? Is this about Trump's action or using any ammo? Also, while the majority of the but Trump is a big pig too crowd are likewise condemning Franken, color me skeptic of their insincerity. After all, photographic evidence provided conclusive proof of Franken's faux groping and the story broke as Washington was in the throes of rightly destroying Roy Moore's Senate candidacy for his own sexual misconduct. Given the timing, the Democrats couldn't very well ignore the charges against one of their own. However, just one year ago, when denouncing serial predator or, and likely rapist Bill Clinton might have mattered, the left instead embraced him and cheered on his chief enabler, would-be Commander-in-Chief Hillary Clinton. And when Trump reintroduced Bill's past accusers to the public before the second presidential debate, Democrats sat silent. Amy. So odd how Trump's inauguration shifted Democrats to full woke on the Clintons, a tweet that this guy uses. But with Hillary's defeat, the Clintons cachet cratered, making Democrats come to Jesus movement over Bill's past sexual misconduct beyond cynical. Throwing Bill under the bus now serves two purposes and allows left to appear serious, about sexual harassment as they attack more and vicariously the Republican Party, and the concerted condemnation of Bill's unsavory history launched a warning shot towards Hillary telling her to abandon her sore loser, what happened to her, and lay low or else. Because never Hillary never existed. Democrats' denunciation of Bill in two decades too late. As Amanda Carpenter told Jake Tapper on the lead, Forever Clinton, there will be a Trump For every Roy Moore, there will be an Al Franken. Once you've covered up for one, you've lost the moral credibility to hold the other to account. Democrats lost their moral credibility more than 20 years ago when, following his impeachment, they cheered on Bill Clinton and told America to move on. Dot org. Thank you very much. Democrats lost their moral credibility when they chose to bolster Trump in the primary believing him to be the weakest candidate while promoting their own version of narcissism personified. Democrats lost their moral credibility when they embraced Bill and their their future first gentleman and nominated his chief enabler to serve as commander-in-chief. Democrats lost their moral credibility when they rejoiced as the right splintered into Make America Great Again and Never Trump factions. And Democrats lost their moral credibility because while Never Trump was a movement, never Hillary never existed. So no, I won't revisit Trump's past behavior to do Democrats bidding now. I will, though, and with clean conscience and intact credibility, highlight every single drip of hypocrisy flowing from Democrats' forked tongues, starting with Al Franken and Bill Clinton. That, my friends, was written by a woman. A woman. That article was written on The Federalist by Margot Cleveland, and she's spot on. The problem started, happened, and became fact with Bill Clinton. When you defended a man who abused his power with a very young intern, and you said it was none of our business, and you created moveon.org, you lost the high ground liberals completely. You started what we are living now. If you have a D and you do good things for women, one transgression, two transgressions, up to four for Franken. Need to be ignored. It doesn't matter. And in the moment a Roy Moore comes out from a rock, you want them tart and feathered and thrown out of the community of people. You have no high ground. As I listed it, 28 Democrats, progressives, and all fields are under accusations right now. You scream all victims must be believed. Yet your presidential candidate is on the record. There's definitive proof. She's scared the shit. Out of every one of Bill's accusers. You have no moral high ground. And if you wonder one of the varied reasons why Donald Trump's in the White House and your NBC wait till the last minute because we're part of the DNC video didn't work, you need to look no further than Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton could have taken and gang-raped a girl. And you said it was okay. You became, or you made it become, that okay, well, it is personal business. If his wife doesn't matter, why do we care? It's just oral sex. Oral sex isn't even sex. Those are the things you put into place before 2000 became 2000 so when we hear a guy sitting there talking about grabbing her by the pussy and i'm gonna hit that bitch and talk in locker room talk well the american people went okay and then they looked over to the lady that allowed it with her own house that the michelle obama who all of a sudden thought hillary was the most qualified person ever to be president said if she can't run her own house how's she gonna run the white house we played it on the show. During 08, the Obamas, the ever-evolving Democrats, had totally different comments about the Clintons. They forget Google is an amazing thing. If you can fight through the algorithms that don't want you to find things because they don't want Democrats to get hurt, you you can find them. But you set the table for this shit. So the American people saw it for what it was, a hit job, They got duped by the 47% in 2012. The IRS scandal, Benghazi, they put it all together in the middle of the country who doesn't see the world through your blue colored lenses go, fuck that bitch. We're not firing, we're not hiring her. And your last minute gotcha 47% video, same concept, didn't work. It's not because Conservatives are horrible people. It's because you have programmed America to think that extramarital sexual harassment, rape, pedophilia are okay. So how can you get on a white horse and walk around and tell people that's horrible, that person shouldn't be a politician? When it's clearly apparent right now, all your politicians are abusers. They use their power to get sex. Because don't think America's stupid. Don't think America looks at Halpern and doesn't see Democrat. See Democrat. Looks at freaking Joy Reid and doesn't see Democrat. We all see it. They're part of your party. You own them. And how did that happen? Because you made Rush Limbaugh the head of the Republican Party at one time. You made Bill O'Reilly the head of the Republican Party. You own the media. You own the narrative on everything in our country. And now it's biting you in the ass. And you're trying to get up there and be the moral champion. I further say, and then I'll stop pontificating, we'll go to music, breaking news, social media nuggets. When you've taken religion and made it a horrible thing, you've taken the institution of marriage and made it a horrible thing, you've made transgender the way to go, gay the way to go. How can you stand and say any sexual misconduct is horrible now? How do you do that? In my personal opinion, I'm not a Republican, once again, for new listeners. You've taken the moral fiber of this country and made it anything goes. Every traditional thing we ever had in our country, you have destroyed it to fit your political agendas. How? how, Yeah, Roy Moore is going to get elected. You cried wolf so many times, those people down there are still going to vote for him. They think it's all bullshit. Your media has put out so much fake bullshit on Trump and Russia and all that crap. and won't report about Uranium run and won't report on actually her buying the dossier. Why would they believe you? Why would they believe a a note in a fucking yearbook means an old man raped a 14-year-old? Why? You've lost... All credibility, and as that article eloquently puts it, the Democrats have no moral compass. They haven't had a moral compass since Bill Clinton. You gave it up. The Christian part of the Democratic Party isn't under the tent. They get their foot in the door. It's not the people you go after. You go after those who lack morals. They're the cool kids that you want to get to vote for you. You made your bed. Sleep in it. Music break. News. Social. Media. Nuggets.
7: i
0: media bubble one podcast at a time here's tony reed
4: corner sadly i must say that they did not find um three of those who are on the greyhound in the uh, pacific ocean so navy aircraft crash there's 11 people and three were never found instantaneously chris saliza and chris cuomo dogged the president for tweeting about lavar ball which i'm going to cover on the next show because i just want to cover that um First, granted, the president probably didn't have all the facts yet, but, you know, journalists and everything. This is a comedy piece from Task and Purpose. Vacation, rental, privacy room, and cozy camp experience authentic Afghanistan, and I thought this is hilarious. Are you looking for an adventure in your next Southwest Asian adventure vacation experience? Look no further than Camp Moorhead, an all-inclusive multinational retreat conveniently located in Camp Commando, just a few miles southwest of Af- Afghanistan capital, of Kabul. Imagine a truly communal experience where an Aspen winter getaway meets combat-chic furniture All set against the backdrop of a historical area that has been uh, at war nearly non-stop since Alexander the Great first invaded in 330 B.C. They say the space, Camp Commando, is a communal living experience, but you'll have privacy in your VIP sleeping quarters, which include a full-size bed with freshly laundered bedware, a desk with a folding chair, as well as a standalone closet for safe storage of all your adventure equipment. Platinum members will also receive a complimentary 220 to 100 outlet converter. And they go through and talk about the meals. The all-inclusive resort package would be complete without world-class dining. At Camp Moorhead, you'll have the opportunity to eat good at the award-winning Chow Hall. Meals are prepared hot three times a day, along with a gourmet sandwich bar and a 24-7 access to coffee or tea. At least once a week, you'll be treated to our chef's famous steak and ribs, fresh off the outdoor grill. They're a mouth-watering tour de force of taste buds, an experience that will have you coming back for more year after year, deployment after deployment. Um, what else do they have? Amenities. boast a buffet of community-oriented amenities include a pool table, TV to catch up on your favorite AFN program, which is horrible, a business center complete with six fully usually functional computers, free Wi-Fi, An indoor movie room with stadium seating. Make sure to grab a bag of our freshly popped laxatives popcorn. But why sit inside when you enjoy the fresh mountain air in our outdoor movie theater under the night sky? That's right. few times a week, we get the whole camp together to watch a movie on our outdoor screen. It's the perfect way to relax after a full day's activity. Need to burn off some of that delicious chow hall dessert? Head over to our indoor gym, complete with all the equipment you could possibly ever want. If you want to experience all Camp Moorhead has to offer, then you must go to the weekly Mountain Walk. It's a six-mile hike into the surrounding Spingar Mountains with over 2,000 feet of elevation gain, led by experienced guides who have lungs twice the size of normal humans. For our history buffs, take a tour of the Soviet Boneyard. (laughs) Other things to note, make sure you pack your personal protective equipment, including plates, plate carrier, ballistic helmet. Sometimes we like to party hard at Camp Morehead. Cancellations. We're flexible here at Camp Morehead. We understand that life can be hectic and plans change. Hit an AID while road tripping through Nagar? Did your Space A flight not have any space available? Or maybe you got kidnapped while per- perusing the Kabul Bazaar. No worries. Just give us at least 24 hours notice. And don't worry. You can always reschedule because we're not leaving anytime soon. <laughs> I love that article. That's a good one. This one's not a good one. Alcohol ban for Okinawa troops after deadly car crash involving Marine with bac Three times the limit. So everybody in that theater is not happy right now. Cause that guy did it. Lawmakers, lawmakers sign letter opposing back pay for Bo Bergdahl. A hundred all conservative. How in the hell can the left think that guy deserves back pay? He's a fucking traitor. How to get a drink. Sorry. Mm, Horrible. Here's another one with tax of purpose that I thought was great. Six classic war movies that deserve a 21st century reboot. War Games. That was, you know, the one about the 80s, no red, blah, 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 blah. War Games portrayed that once a fringe subculture of gamers and hackers viewing viewers today would laugh at the 8-inch floppy disk and screeching 300-bond modems. But War Games is cutting edge at the t- time. Um, the persuasive of the current computer technology is exactly why War Games needs to be rebooted in the present day. Think about that. It would be some cool shit to see that now. I mean, think, there's all sorts of ways you could rewrite that script, and that would be really good. I mean, granted, we're going to see Top Gun, but that would be good. The Dirty Dozen, alright, and they say in there, um... Unlike during World War II, the military doesn't have a prison full of death row inmates sitting around these days, but I'm sure a good script writer could find a way to provide a modern-day crop of troublemakers for Reisman to recruit. Of course, they knew suicide mission would be against a gathering of key ISIS leaders, or perhaps Kim Jong-un. Think Suicide Squad, if Suicide Squad didn't suck. The other one, Breaker Morant, I never heard of that. Dr. Strangelove, that one's just a creepy movie, I don't think it happens. The Longest Day... It needs to be done again for a new generation before the last of the greatest generation leaves us. Regardless of the cast, the biggest difference will be modern 21st century effects. Making this story pop on IMAX big screen. That's enough reason for Hollywood to start making it. MASH was another one they came up with. Um, <clears throat> I think we kind of already have it with Code Black. They're doing a lot of Afghanistan stuff with Rob Lowe. He's just a seasoned salty vet. His hair never moves. This one is a last one for Military Corner, and I had to do it because I fucking hate the Air Force. Yes, I have a son-in-law that's in the Air Force. I did a Thanksgiving article, and I thanked everybody, including first responders, before I put the Air Force down. I fucking hate them. I love them when they drop bombs. Love it when their close air comes in. And every time I see an A-10, those dudes I love. A-10 flyers, top of the list. The rest of them, chubs, bottom of the list. But this is why Marines hate the Air Force. Number six, Marine Marines have it tougher. Air Force boot camp is slightly less than eight weeks. Marine boot camp is 13 grueling weeks. Recruits tend to join the Air Force either because they feel the Corps' boot camp is too tough or the Marines crew members just weren't in the office that day. Cough, bullshit, cough. Five, the Air Force has the best chow halls in the military, but why? Because they need all their energy to fly drones? Good question. Four, celebrities wear Marine camo. Name one person ever wore Air Force. That Air Force camo is a fucking hot mess. I think I was supposed to go after the tiger stripe of Vietnam, but it looks like shit. Three, they get cute little command coins when they graduate versus the beloved Eagle Global and Anchor. Two, their living conditions are considered five-star. And one, Air Force boot camp looks like it's fun as fuck, the article states. I will tell you right now, I remember in 1987, no, 86. Before I met my spouse, I went over to one Air Force barr- barracks. Uh, I did a date with a girl. And they could have men in the barracks, which was just really weird. The door had to be open. Now, you know, everything goes. But um, I was shocked with how nice their barracks were. I was just shocked. I was living in World War II shit. Well, not World War II. Just post-World War II. Probably 1950 brick buildings. Cinder blocks. And they had really nice living quarters. So, you know, the Air Force fucking sucks because it's not fair to the crazy. This, this, is, this is something, man. This is this is our generation, man. All you people, we're all together, man. And it's groovy. And dig yourselves because it's really groovy.
8: It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct, and it's not just politics. It's everything. It's what you eat. It's what you wear. And it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance,
1: right see two. these girls? Yeah.
8: No, you don't. Those are women. You call them
7: girls, and no, they'll pop your figs.
6: Save the whales. Gays in the military
1: now. We don't hear
4: Right off the bat, NBC, ABC medical drama that a good doctor uses Nazis to push affirmative action agenda on viewers. I will tell you, this week alone, I watched three dramas, somehow, someway, all of Hollywood decided to incorporate neo-Nazi, racist, something in there. And if you haven't watched the good doctor... Really good show That actor He was in uh, The Bates Motel Or I don't remember the name My wife watched it And He played um, The Crazy <clears throat> And he is doing A autistic character It is really good, and by episode four, you're just rooting for this guy, it's a great show, it's a totally different twist, it's totally implausible, no autistic person's ever going to be a, a surgeon, especially this guy, because he has some serious social you know, problems, he can't talk, he's severely autistic, but, taking aside the fairy tale of it, it's a good show. <laughs> College Video Students Disrupt Event on Promoting Healthy Dialogue. Student protesters recently shut down an event at the University of California, Irvine. that was aimed at promoting healthy intergroup communications. Complaining that nothing comes out of these meetings, the protesters insisted that the forum is a disruption in and of itself. While refusing to let the event proceed, resistance is saying, fuck this, you know, fuck the police or whatever. One protester declared, adding, we're not just talking out of our ass. Like, we're smart as fuck, you know what I mean? We read books, and we know shit. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Another university, the University of Massachusetts, hosted a panel on reproductive justice. Amherst is slated to host a panel exploring how scholars and activists can partner for reproductive and racial justice. The event will feature reproductive justice activist Loretta Ross and public scholar Ricky Sollinger, both of whom have done extensive work on reproductive justice, which is a nice cliché for killing them babies. Kill them babies. Professor declares political victory on Clemson LGBTQ Four Center. Clemson University professor claims that his activist group has succeeded in convincing the school to establish a controversial LGBTQIA plus cosine 4 community space. Clemson had previously insisted that no such space has been discussed or approved by senior administration and even put a job posting on hold after it alluded to responsibilities related to the LGBTQ center. Todd May is a professor. This is his Twitter feed. A political victory at Clemson today. After much struggle, our group, the Clemson Campaign for Campaign Justice, successfully pressured the administration to commit an LGBTQ space for our community. I know that it's something that many other universities already have, but for us, it's a real victory. And it's a lie. Professor complains there are few liberal havens in academia. An anonymous professor op-ed complains that contrary to the representation as liberal havens, college campuses are actually hotbeds of institutional racism. Knowing that many students and staff members regard me as a member of the liberal elite pushing overwrought theories of social inequity on the next generation she claims to endure daily microaggressions from students and colleagues alike. Disputing the notion of colleagues are manufacturing plants for little liberal soldiers, a fairy tale created by political conservatives to reconstruct classism around education rather than political affiliation. She declares that she has found few liberal havens in academic spaces. Comparing her treatment in academia to death by a thousand cuts, the professor asserts that most faculty of color spend their days ducking microaggressions, hurdling stereotypes, and navigating emotional distress. Why is this lady teaching anybody? Why? Sounds like she's a fucking basket case. Cornell students protest pro-life views as traumatizing. Yeah. Not killing the baby. Pro-life. Pro-abortion students protested a debate on abortion last week complaining that the inclusion of pro-life views Normalize the idea that it's okay to control people's bodies. The protest was organized by Planned Parenthood Generation Action Student Group and received support from the Cornell University Democrats. We like to focus our energy on community education and community building and creating safe spaces. Yeah. This is their Twitter rant. Tomorrow is the pink out. Let's take the whole day to where pink and post why Planned Parenthood is important to us with I Stand With PP on social media. For the abortion debate, Planned Parenthood generation action members and allies will be meeting in the Goldwich Smith lobby of the main entrance, blah, blah, blah. The point of this protest is not confrontation to be a strong presence for reproductive rights and to provide support for anyone who may need it, as this may be a traumatizing event for many people to hear their rights and bodily autonomy being questioned and judged. We will provide signs, but please wear pink or Planned Parenthood stuff if you have it. Thank you for your support. It's traumatizing to hear oppositional views. That's been a common theme in all these. Kansas University encouraged professors professors to become social justice fellows. I, I thought that's what you already were. College asks NYP to use bathrooms out of sight from students. This is a fucked up article. Brooklyn College is advising New York City police officers to use bathrooms on the far end of campus in order to avoid being seen by their students who might be offended by their presence. Several weeks ago, students attended a screening of a film about NYPD surveillance of Muslim students as a part of its counterterrorism effort. The Exlicior, the college student newspaper, reported last week that Director of Public Safety Don Wentz would prefer members of the Peace police department use the bathroom they their in. I know students from every background and across every major. They don't feel comfortable around cops and make safe spaces feel not so safe. When's comments come in the wake of a film screening. I disagree with them being on campus, especially allowing them to use a building where students' groups are held, one unidentified student remarked, according to the ex-Lizier. Later, noting that he would be sending a petition to the college president, Michelle Anderson, pressuring her to issue a statement that we do not want the NYPD on campus in any respect, even as just take breaks and use the bathroom. The bathroom is horrendous. You can only wash your hands in one of the sinks because the other two are broken, one student told the Post. <clears throat> Though others argue the NYPD should not be allowed on campus at all. I know students from every background, blah, 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 blah. not going Fuck off. You're all pieces of shit. And you probably just don't get it hot because you're carrying fucking, you're, you're walking dirty. And lastly, college to host Linda Sossar at Women of Color Conference. Mount folia college will host a leadership conference next semester exclusively for women of color featuring known anti-zionist and terrorist sympathizer linda Sasser. Sassar, who was among the organizers of dnc is a total anti semite a piece of shit and if my kid was there i would and i was a booster i would move all funding all funding for any institution that would bring her on that's not free speech as you say for anybody else including Ben Shapiro that is hate speech moving on having solved other problems Newsweek can focus on getting to the bottom of the real problem plaguing our society wait for it men with muscles and money are more attractive to straight women and gay men showing gender roles aren't progressing that was an article progressing a la pundit ass from the article muscles and money are qualities that straight women and gay men typically find attractive in men according to an analysis of tube crush a website where people post unsolicited pictures of men seen on the London Underground the study of Coventry and Aberwith universities in the United Kingdom published in Feminist Media Studies in August analyzed image over a period of three years since 2014. The guy candy posted on the website were mostly white men, despite London being a multicultural city, indicating that white male privilege is still an attractive quality. The photos and comments focused on the men's biceps, pecs, and chest, as well as perceived sexual ability, Items that indicate wealth, such as smart suits, watches, and phones, were emphasized. Pictures showing other representations of masculinity, such as fatherhood, and more emotional and awkward-appearing men, were far less frequent. Ben, people are attracted to the things they are attracted to, which is a huge problem. Kind of busts up your whole liberal ideology, doesn't it? There's got to be liberals on there. This one made the rounds this week because of what it is. A giant swastika-shaped foundation sits on construction site in Hamburg Tuesday. After it was discovered during construction work on a sports field, the foundation was a base of a statue during Nazi times and remained undiscovered for 70 years. Somewhere on the Internet, somebody's saying Donald Trump built it and then bury it. Or Mitt Romney. Or Paul Ryan. I'm sure people call me a Nazi, because I don't like BLM. Mobile homes are so expensive now, hurricane victims can't afford them. The industry is keeping, has a hard time keeping up demands, because of all the national resources. Yet, I don't know why you want to be in a mobile home during a hurricane. Hmm. This one cracked me up. This man is about to launch himself into in his homemade rocket to prove the Earth is flat. Yeah. Seeking to prove that the conspiracy of astronauts fabricated the shape of the Earth, a California man intends to launch himself 1,800 feet high on Saturday in a rocket he built from scrap metal. Assuming the 500-mile-per-hour, mile-long flight through the Mojave Desert does not kill him, Mike Hughes told the Associated Press his journey into the Atmoflast will mark the first phase of the ambition Flat Earth space program just let that sit flat earth is this guy never flown you can see the curvature when you fly if you're up at like 38,000 feet look out the window what is causing the mysterious booms heard in 64 locations around the world this year Most recently, a boom was heard across much of North Alabama. Suggested causes include supersonic aircraft, a ground explosion, or bolide. Other booms have occurred in Cairns on October 10th and Albuquerque on May 11th. Incidenties and mysterious booms are becoming more frequent. It's all over the world, people are actually reporting it. There's been 64 of them. St. Ives, Swansea, Yorkshire, Michigan, Lapland. I wonder what it is. We'll probably know. And on this Black Friday, I thought this was an apropos article. Retailers desperately trying to lure holiday shoppers. Store visits lower delivery costs. Develop the brand. With Black Friday just around the corner, retailers are getting creative to lure customers. Walmart is throwing 20,000 parties in November, December. Sears is putting its entire store on sale for the month of November. Macy's has a Samsung pop-up store in its flagship New York City location. And virtual reality headsets for furniture shoppers. JCPenney is giving customers coupon worth 500 bucks when they shop in stores Thanksgiving Day. 25 billion in 24 hours. World's biggest shopping day sets new record. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of big sales out there because Amazon is expected to get 40% of all profits this day. I didn't buy anything from Amazon this year. One of the first years I didn't. Hmm. And lastly, U.S. Christmas tree shortage may cause price hikes this year. American getting ready to pick out the perfect Christmas tree want to bring a little extra cash within this year. A shortage of local trees in several U.S. states is likely to make price rise and the window to find a good tree much smaller. According to a report, tree farms in North Carolina and Oregon have been hit the hardest by the nationwide shortfall this year. The smaller supply is expected to hike prices by as much as 10% during the holiday rush. I have two words for you. Balsam Hill. Just get a Balsam Hill tree. I'm one of those... The only time I hug a tree is on this subject. If you go by a Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot at the 26th of December, you will see so many trees sitting there that were killed for no fucking reason. Balsam Hill, though it may be about $400 to $600, Makes trees that look so damn real that you spray a little frickin' balsam set on it and you have a balsam fir in your living room like I do right now. That money over about six years breaks even. It breaks even. So don't get a real tree, get a fake one. Two are lighter fare. So this week in Atlanta, they took out the old stadium, which is now they have that brand new Atlanta Falcon Mercedes-Benz uh, Astrodome or whatever the hell they call it. It's a dome. It's not the Astrodome. And the, the Weather Channel prepositioned to watch the implosion because the buildings are right next to each other. Unfortunately, fate would have it that a bus pulled right in front of their shot as the building was being imploded, and this is the producer's reaction to the bus. Six, five, four, three, four. I think that goes to show that even the geeky scientist the weather guy everybody can get pretty pissed off because that was pretty funny (laughs) that bus jacked his old shot up so this wraps up another episode of flyover politic pop class please feel free to share this with your family and friends and send comments by emailing f-o-p-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com fop Podcast at gmail dot com. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Tunein Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to check out the Flyover Politic webpage at FOPpodcast.com. dot com. dot com. It's a theme. To see links to feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page, and email us. There you'll see a link to every episode on the episode release page and my blog on the blog page. Going to do the next podcast on Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. What is Wednesday? That is the 29th of November. It'll be a late podcast. Remember, as we segue into the holiday season, as I say on every show, take time with your family, disconnect with your bullshit, Put up some Christmas decorations, have some nice tasty meals, and enjoy your family during the holiday season. I know some people despise it. This, as you can see by the music, is my favorite time of the year. And yesterday, I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a computer. I just enjoyed... The day with my wife, having our own little turkey dinner, taking that nap afterwards, having some pumpkin pie in the evening, and watching corny movies. So get your fill of the holiday. Once January 2nd hits, we can all go back to living normal lives. This is a nice respite from that life. As always, I thank you all for listening and take care. Let
8: the bodies
0: hit the floor. Let the body sit down, let the body sit down. The...